You know, this is a rant cast first, like talking to a, a real and actual bunny IRL. Which I, you know, I respect it. Uh, see, I'm a, I'm actually a lich IRL, uh, allegedly. So. The great thing about being online is nobody knows you're actually a bunny rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's taken me so long to work on any of my fiction, because it's, it's hard to type with little tiny... Is the, the pause, like, the, like yeah, okay. no thumbs? Yeah, you can't hit the space bar? <laughs> no thumbs. It's also why I'm bad at video games. kind of unreasonable is the the main thing that everyone's complained about is her quad blade tornado attack mm. because basically if you see her charging it up and you don't immediately start sprinting like i forget the trick to it exactly but the, the timing on how to actually not get hit on it is just phenomenally tight mm. And if you don't time it correctly, you will get caught in at least two of the blade tornadoes, and you will die. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I... Or if you're, like, mid-getting greedy with an attack sequence, right? Like, you're you're not going to have the time to, like, get out of your uh, attack sequence and run. Yeah, I can see that. It's also just kind of, like, a bit dog shit if you're using a heavy weapon. Hmm. Like, I'm using the, uh... The Dark Moon Sword, you know, the magic blue sword that's in every FromSoft game. I that mean, sucker's big and heavy and slow. Yeah. Fighting her is a huge pain in the dick. <laughs> I've used katanas and I've I've never regretted my decision. Um, uh, if I, you said you haven't gotten to her. Yeah. You're it's you are at a distinct advantage compared to most because bleed works very nicely on her i understand bleed has been quite frankly op um on all of the bosses i fight because it, it seems to do like a percentage chunk of health oh yeah when bleed procs it's just a percentage health chunk off. yeah yeah and so like there was the one bleed boss um who was supposed to be pretty rough and and they did give me a little bit of a run for my money um or Goss? Yeah, yeah, like trident guy. Yeah, yeah, like you you can fight him in like a basement, and then in the basement, like I, I one shot at him, and then you can fight him uh, like at where he's like praying to like a dead thing or whatever, Dragon or something. Yeah, and you fight him, and I I like hit like I kind of bang my head on that for a little bit, and then I found out you can get an item that just stops his his blood rune thing, and then like what? it trivialized him. Um, but like even him, I was just like taking to Pound Town, um. 
it was just like you'd get to a point where he'd like count to three, and if you weren't like actively chugging potions, you'd die. So, mm. so, well, that was hug. Oh yeah. But yeah, the um, Melania is really like the only boss that I've really struggled against, mm -hmm. and it's gotten to a point where uh. I kind of said to myself, nah, actually, I'm good. <laughs> we, we can just not. We can just not do this. It's fine. Like not play in general or just like gave up on the boss fight? On that particular boss. I went over, I went back over to the other area I hadn't explored yet instead. Hmm. Okay, uh actually, there's one thing I'm <laughs> so mad about. Okay, there's a couple things that I'm mad about. Like, I don't like that, like, there are items that are way off over there and super easy to miss that are key to certain encounters or for, like, a certain NPC. There are... I mean, there's a little bit of that, and, like, it's it's not... Because the Soulsborne games are typically very linear... It's so easy to miss all that shit, and they're very scant in the storytelling, so they're never really—they're not telling you much of anything. And if you miss this one NPC who's hanging out underneath this cliff over here in the corner, and they vaguely allude to something, you'll never know what the fuck you're looking for. Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, uh you know, hot take incoming. I don't think Elden Ring's the best game they've ever made. I know. I know. Fine. I know it's it's probably Dark the Souls one is still my favorite, Bloodborne and uh, Sekiro. That's fair, yeah. Uh, like... Actually, you're gonna hate this. I'm sorry. No, I go tried. Ahead. I tried Sekiro. I didn't. <laughs> I couldn't get into it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I know. No, I um see. I actually love that. Like the stealth mechanics from Sekiro made their way into uh, Elden Ring. Um. <laughs> But, like, I'm not zipping around on grappling hooks like, like you know, an actual ninja, so it's, like, less fun to overworld travel. Um, and the bosses, quite frankly, don't punish me as hard as I, I would like to be punished uh, like they do in Sekiro. Um, Fair enough. So, like, I don't know. It's just, uh, as an experience, Elden Ring is very fun. But as a game, I, there's a lot of, like... Uh, dicking around and doing nothing for six hours and then, like, remembering you should be fighting a boss. Um, that's maybe a me thing, and other people <laughs> well, are like... sandbox thing, unfortunately. I, I, it's, it's such a... It, it is... It is it's, it's so bizarre, because in the specific case of Elden Ring, I think the sandbox makes it a far more approachable game for people who aren't indoctrinated into the, the sort of Soulsborne cult. Because... <laughs> the ability to, like, fuck off and go do something elsewhere when you're beating your head against a wall, does it, it, like, you don't burn out as easily. Um, and I think that goes a really long way in, like, making the game feel more approachable. You can grind more, you can level more, you can go find an OP weapon. It, like, undermines some of that, like, that, like, beating your head into a wall. Like, if you're stuck on, on, on uh, Father Gas Can uh, in Bloodborne, when you first encounter them, like you're stuck on gas can, you know, like you're, you can run around Yarnum in, in a few circles early on and like grind and keep like grinding up 
uh, uh, blood echoes and like, you know, pumping your stats, but like you're seeing the same section over and over and over again, and you're just banging your head into that wall. Um, and that, that's pretty much true of, of all the bosses all the way up until you unlock the chalice dungeons, um, where you can like, okay, I'm done fighting this boss. I'm going to go do some chalice dungeons for a little bit. Um, but like, that's it. Uh, with the Elden Ring formula, it al- it facilitates that really well. And so, like, it's it's kind of like you get this one step forward, one step back, because what's really good about, like, you know, whatever, pick your favorite Soulsborne game, right, is the way the story is told. Um, I think Bloodborne does it best. You know, folks can disagree. That's that's fine. Like, you, you're going to have your, your favorite game, but it's very personal to, like, the way you progress through Yarnum is itself telling you the story. You know, like the way the maps fit together, how you're you're going through at one point old Yarnum and you see everything burnt down. Like you're getting this like full story, and you 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 have to get it. You're immersed in it. Um, in Elden Ring, it's very easy to overlook a lot of that visual storytelling because you're just like kind of dicking around a sandbox. Yeah, and that's kind of the sandbox curse is like getting kind of sidetracked and just dicking around and just like. And on some level, I do think that that kind of detracts from the tightness of Soulsborne storytelling to right. to an extent, you know. I yeah, I think it does. I think it does. Like I'm not because there's so there's like no wasted effort in a Soulsborne story, you know. Like it's all very intricately placed. Like you pick up this article of clothing here, and you yeah. read the description on this article of clothing, and you get like this little bit of story exactly when you're supposed to, right? Yeah, and, and it's also um, partially an issue when, uh, when uh, you know, when it comes to NPCs showing up again. It's like, who are you again? I haven't seen you for 20 hours. Right. Right. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Because uh, you went, decided to go off in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, like, I decided that I needed to get all of the katanas in the game, so I went on, like, a random excursion to just get every <laughs> katana before I, I picked up so that I could see which katana I liked the most and play with that one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and, uh, uh, which katana is your favorite? And Moonvale. Moonvale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, uh, shooting uh, moon lasers at people. It just it never gets old. And how, like, hard, and how hard the stagger is on it is... I remember... It's, um... Sorry, go on. No, it, it, every boss is like is like two Moonvale like Ijitsus away from being staggered every time, <laughs> everywhere, and it's just it's like oh this boss was so difficult like they were on a horse and I'm like uh yeah and they were at the perfect length for like two Ijitsu strikes to fall off their goddamn horse and get stabbed in the neck and then have a bleed proc. <laughs> <laughs> I Sorry. remember the um the KSBD artist um Abaddon talking about it. And saying, and and I quote, I set out to play a mage, and I can, and I have been what I can only describe as being forcibly turned into Virgil <laughs> from Devil May Cry. Hmm. I have magic oral swords floating around me, <laughs> and a katana that shoots blue wave lasers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I went into it like knowing my knowing who I am. Like I was I like I can get tempted by a huge sword too. But like my heart, I'm like you have huge sword or katana, you know. And every now and then I looked over at the people who had like the sword made out of tinier swords. 
<laughs> it's just like it's just all these swords welded together. I'm like, oh, Iron Throne of Swords. Yeah, I'm like that's so cool. And like I got, and I have the Moonblade now, and I've got a couple of the other like really huge swords uh, that are like magic strength builds. And I'm like second playthrough, you and me, you know. Uh, but uh, it makes it easy because there's not good scythes, so I don't have to be tempted by a by a scythe or katana, which are the two best weapons ever. Um, there's some good sides. <sighs> there's like three of them in the whole game. Off the top of my head, I know that faith one is really good, but yeah, then you gotta be a faith. Though. Gross, disgusting. No. How dare you? Yeah. Why would I like, like, uh, uh, no gods but yourself? Um, disgusting. To uh, <laughs> and 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 moon moon lady. Uh, she is she is my queen, but but not as my goddess, as my. Uh, as my as my peer, uh, for we are going to recreate the earth uh, so that all are free uh, from uh, rules and law. Uh, and uh, and that's another thing about the Elden Ring. The minute I finished her quest, I just I've been sad the whole time since. Like it's just that scene from uh, 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 Blade Runner twenty forty nine where he sees the robot, uh, the hologram, and he just like stares at it. That 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 stare. That's been me staring at the moon the whole time. Because uh, since I completed that quest, no other quest has resonated with me. Uh, I feel completely emotionally detached from the game now, and I'm like, oh, I still have another like 30 hours before I can see my moon lady. Um, it is uh, just that moment with Iggy. <laughs> oh, Blythe, I'll be along shortly. Uh -huh. I hope you'll only forgive me. Damn, damn, good, good. Uh, you should do, you should do voice acting. Something. <laughs> Pretty basic. Thank you. Uh, I see, uh, I see, uh, chat gang showing up here. Ulf Paint, uh, W Soren, the Mad Lad. Uh, so I guess that's it's time to do that intro thing where I mentioned that I am the magical Mister Mephisto, the most dangerous man in all of Age of Sigmar. Uh, your loquacious lich taking you on all the adjacent topics to Warhammer tonight. I am joined by uh, chat gangs. Very own uh, funny bunny queen, uh, Saturn I Rose. How's it going? <laughs> I did it. I, I pronounced it correctly. Incredible. <laughs> uh, so how, how are you doing tonight? I'm very tired, but I am okay. <laughs> I've got myself a, uh, a can here of San Pellegrino. We've got a, a cabaret from the uh, black box here. Very nice. Mm. I think we carry that at my store, actually. It's not bad. Um, actually, like, uh, for a box wine, it, it carries some actual complexity. So it's pretty, like, pound for pound, pretty pretty solid. Um, Frontera does, a, like, a, I think they call it a deep red box. That stuff's pretty solid. Uh, that was my old go-to. A deep That's red blend or something. But, but I can't find it anymore. <sighs> So that reminds me, I still have this bottle kicking around of a blonde roast Kahlua. I've... Oh my god. Oh god. Those, <laughs> those are those are words I've never heard in that combination before. Like I know what Kahlua is, uh, and I understand like a roast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so so tonight I, I think we're just gonna we're just gonna meander through a few topics. Uh, I, I think uh, 
one of the major ones, uh, you know, talk about Sylvaneth, kind of get your opinions uh, on, you know, some of the leaks you've seen. I, I know Haywo's just been on a leak spree. Uh, <laughs> like SJ Arcade can't keep up with all of them. Uh, <laughs> can't hold on to all these limes, you know, he's the meme. Uh, and, uh, but like, I want to mention kind of at the top of the hour, uh, your fan fiction because uh it is a it is a darn I remember the uh black library open submissions coming through and there were a couple people out there who who submitted some stuff and i remember reading your work and thinking it was a damn crime uh that <laughs> that you didn't at least make it to like the second round uh so uh, so i appreciate that i didn't i didn't include it in the in the in the uh intro there but uh, not only are you our funny uh bunny queen uh for chatting you're also a very a very solid writer so so Thank i wanted to, wanted to get that in there too so um and chatting those of y'all uh if you're comfortable with it uh saturday i will leave a link to your uh, uh your one uh sylvaneth story uh, in the down there part of this video so folks can check that out if they would like to read re uh, red on red yeah by all means and you... it's not like necessarily a sylvaneth story they're just a major component well i mean th there's our first jumping off point what so what is it about like what can you like entice chat gang with here if they feel like uh you know just in, in embellishing indulging a little bit well there's um it's about a a canite witch priest with uh, certain things to hide. And I partially want to give up the ghost on that, but I also don't because it is a little bit of a surprise as to uh, what it is she's hiding. Oh no, you, you keep that uh, you keep that tight to the, tight to the rest <laughs> of the thing. Well, um, it only gets revealed at like the second or third chapter, so it's not that big a deal. I, I, I think some of those early reveals are good. I, I just did a uh, we're only nine adventures or nine sessions into my VTM game, and I, I gave up, like, the whole main plot point, nine adventures, and, like, it's the main one. But still, if we didn't earn that, it would have felt cheap, you know? True. So. Um, and I see Hotspur drop in 1,000 RDP to remind everyone that Chat Gang ain't none to fuck with. Coming in uh, <laughs> with the F-bombs early tonight. Uh, Soren saying, Curse City update. I finished the zombies now. I just have the Skellingtons to paint, and I will be finished with two copies. Two copies of, of Curse City for the Rantathon? Holy shit, dude. Can't wait. I can't wait to see something expanding on Cursed City. I want to know. Okay, I say that specifically. Specifically, there's a Sylvaneth embassy in Elfenkarnan. Show me the cursed trees. <laughs> well, I just that, love yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, I actually got to say when when I first saw the zombie silhouettes where they had like all the trees coming out of them, yeah, super cool. Wasn't a fan initially, but then I got them and I'm like, these are amazing. Whoever designed this needs like the highest of fives. Uh, it, it, it they're they're awesome. Uh, I've put together nearly every kit in the. Uh, death range, like GA death. Um, I'm missing a couple of the spooky ghosts, about all I haven't put together. Um, and my uh, coven throne, which is sitting over here, uh, is about like so. It's it's very it's a very limited uh, set of stuff I haven't put together in the death range, and I have put together everything related to beasts of chaos, uh, ad nauseum. Way too many of them, uh, and then a few like stormcast models and like a. a, a 
I put together one Beast Claw Raider. Uh, the uh, uh, Halo gave me to like when I was learning the game and stuff. Uh, an extra Mornfang because he, he just like he just uses them as coasters and shit. Um. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and and I, I I say all that to say this: the zombie kit is probably my favorite kit. Like, just as a thing that you put together. It, they're it, not the Curse City stuff's a little different because they're a little bit more push fit, but the like actual box of like twenty Zomblors, uh for like sixty bucks or whatever it is is amazing. It it's you you can't put it together wrong, and everything you do makes everything look so good. And when you put them on the table, they look like a mobile gravesite, which is the best yes. part. So like I can see the appeal to a Sylvaneth player because uh, like. With dryads, I'd imagine it's got to be a similar vibe, right? You're, you're like looking at your dryads on the table, and you're like, "They're a fucking forest that's alive to eat you," or, or whatever. Like, yeah, the end result is great. <laughs> Putting them together, uh, less so, I think. Um, well, putting them together isn't too bad. It's just like cleaning the mold lines is kind of a pain, mm. mm-hmm. and then actually painting them is also a huge pain in the dick, if I'm being honest. I, I... <laughs> their, branches, their branches get in the way of painting their branches. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, it's a... What it, is, like, do you think it would be better with airbrushing? I know not everyone has an airbrush, but do you think it would be better with airbrushing? Yeah, the thing is, like, it would it would look really smooth, though, and you kind of want, like, a rougher texture, like, on them because they're bark-skinned. Mm-hmm. At least that's, that's my opinion. I think I think doing an airbrush to get a Zenithal highlight to start off with would probably be very good. I mean, that's what I did just with rattle cans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, so I guess why don't you... um. Why don't you kind of take me through, uh, like, like how you sort of like got turned on to to Sylvaneth and 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 maybe like a, just if you want to do a little, sort of like uh, your uh, backstory getting into the hobby, uh, what what it what it was that like kind of made Sylvaneth like the army and just yeah just kind of like a uh, uh, for those in checking that maybe don't uh, hang around on uh, either Haywo's Discord or my own, uh, which would be a horrible mistake because that's really where like the, we have the most fun these days. Um. <laughs> Look, I stream once a week. The Discord's open all seven. Um. <laughs> so yeah, why don't you, uh, for folks who maybe maybe aren't, aren't familiar with your uh, your your passion for Sylvaneth and stuff like that, maybe maybe give us the uh, uh, the Cliff's notes or the Spark notes. Uh, well, I yeah. guess I I would say like I just I felt like they had a really strong um what's the term I'm looking for emotional investment i guess in the novels because that's kind of how i started getting back into uh into warhammer um was actually through reading the novels like i had a bunch of friends that were turning me on to like the lore and i said okay all right and i got that big fucking thousand some odd page tome that is Realmgate Wars Volume 1 <laughs> and I read all of it 
That's <laughs> <laughs> that's actually kind of a like a little bit more of an interesting take. Like I like that I like that you mentioned like having an emotional investment. Um, like that's yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Because like um, we're introduced to them in the Realmgate Wars through the Hallow Hearts invading Iran, which at this point is basically for all intents and purposes belongs to Nurgle. It's his second garden at this point. Right. And it's like, at this point, the Everqueen is basically hidden away in a sub-realm. And they're like, well, we gotta go find her and protect her, because that's what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so they find the sub-realm, and they get in there, and a bunch of dryads and a branch wraith by the name of, you'll never get this, Lady of Vines... Oh snap! That sounds familiar. <laughs> That's like a thing. I know it that only one. It took five years for them to make a model of her, but okay. <laughs> Fair. Hey, better late than never, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we're... It's fine. No, no, go on. But but uh, she comes out and she's like, "What have you done, you fucking idiots? You led them into the secret sub realm. God damn it!" Mm -hmm. And then she fucking kills their lord Castellant because she's so mad. I mean, cool. <laughs> Just like really are pissed off, Teresa. And then Alariel heals him, and it's fine. And that guy's name is Loris Grimm. And the whole like series from there on sees them kind of like reluctantly working together, and then they slowly kind of grow to respect one another, and then by the end, like. There, like, his hand gets cut off at one point, and then she he heals it using Alariel's magic, mm -hmm. and, like, sits there, like, inspecting it, holding it, making sure she did it right, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> okay, lean it a little closer for me. No, no, where are you going? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> See that's that's it's it's interesting to me because I I feel like you uh, I've done this show three years now the number of folks who say they get into Warhammer from the books that's not the like the dominant narrative I hear of of how people well, get into the game well now, I know there's like Black Library it feels like it's very much written for people who are already at the party does that make sense I get what you're saying. Like technically, uh, that's not how I got into Warhammer. Oh. Technically, I got into Warhammer when I was 12 years old. See, that's a familiar story. And and <laughs> with my dad at the biggest hobby store around in my part of the world. Mm -hmm. And I said, "Holy shit. Look at these cool fucking skeleton dudes." Yes. Is that a Kopesh? <laughs> oh no <laughs> they're called the tomb kings you say yeah wow yeah so you so uh so you got into like tomb kings played warhammer fantasy battle uh do you have like did you have the break like everyone takes like uh you know like you, you multiple yeah <laughs> yeah uh so when you came back like your friends are trying to get you to aos and you're like well where the fuck are tomb kings was that like the first read or or did that no, happen. basically, like, um, I, I, 
never actually played a game with my Tomb Kings, unfortunately. I was like, this is sweet. I love, like, oh my god, it's this easy to make sandy-looking skeletons? I'd, wow! And then I kind of fell off for a while because I was a kid and I didn't have money and I couldn't get more, really. I mean, that's uh, that's a common narrative, too. I mean, I mean, even with myself, I... I, I barely got my, like, undead army, uh, like, onto the table, like, all th between, like, all of middle school and high school. It was actually easier to get a, a 40k army together. Uh, I think we played at, like, 500 or 1,000 points with 40k, and at the time, people were, like, tw 2,500 points was, like, Warhammer Fantasy Battle game, and I'm like... So, we played a lot of, like, doubles games, where, like, I would have, mm -hmm. like, 1,000 points of Skellingtons, or, like... You know, whatever I could field, basically, and then my friend uh, Sam, he would just sort of uh, fill in the rest with his elves. Um, I drank. And and that was kind of how we played. And we played like little weird narrative games, you know, like uh, assaulting cities and and you know attacking caravans and and just like whatever points we had and coming up with our own rules to kind of make it feel equal. And that was it's most of my Warhammer Fantasy Battle experience, uh, quite frankly. Um, by the time I I was about to go off to college i had you know i'd finally started doing like full battles uh after they blew up my army once and and released him, <laughs> uh released uh, uh vampire counts so i had to like i'm like i almost have 250 uh or, or 2500 points of of uh undead army book undead stuff and they're like oh you know what kid uh slam and they just like actually physically slammed the uh the vampire counts book on top of my army and smashed half of it <laughs> Because like half of it just wasn't in it, uh, including my boy Nagash. Um, <laughs> so like, oh, I'm a vampire counts player now. Oh, so I had to like man. recollect a bunch of other stuff. But it's it's funny because like I'm thinking about how if that happened in the community now, like people get pissed off, and rightfully so. Like fucking half your army disappears, like rightfully so. But when I was a kid and my funds were more limited. I was excited because I'm like, oh, look at the new vampire I get to play. Because they released Blood Dragon, then Blood uh, Blood Dragons, right, as a bloodline, and and they they came out with like some new some new uh, uh, vampires for that. And I'm like, oh, fucking new vampires! Like I always wanted this type of vampire in my army, you know. So yeah. like, I suddenly had cavalry, like uh, like more cavalry vampires to play with and stuff. So I, <laughs> but but that, yeah, my my actual experience playing fantasy battles was um the games that i got at a local game store that opened up and i you know i could have dusted off my old tomb kings but then i saw mad scientist rats Ooh. <laughs> yeah yeah escape are awesome <laughs> i never actually uh, finished that army though because there was just too many rats to paint i'm sorry in fantasy battles, like Skaven had so many fucking models on the table. God, I'm trying to cast my mind back to those days, but uh, everyone had Skaven as like a second army, but no one fielded them as their primary army, and so you never saw a full Skaven army. We only ever saw them in our weird little doubles games. Um, right, right. Uh, probably a factor why. Yeah, I, I I had a buddy who had Bretonians legit. Oh, my friend Ida loves Bretonia. She's uh she's the one I wrote those um those Bretonian battle trait rules for actually. I actually I thought I thought those rules were really solid. Um I think if anyone's got like a, any if there's like a workshopping of like writing your own homebrew battle tomes, uh, uh you're a great person to go to for that. 
Well, I, it was kind of easy because the War Scrolls were already there. And, you know, having just come off playing a campaign of them with Total War Warhammer 2, like, I felt like I, you know, I got, I get the theme. If I have a theme, I can write rule stuff for. Like, I've done that a lot for D&D um, uh, &D especially. Like, as long as I have a theme in mind, I can hammer out, like, fairly, you know, okay rules that capture, as you put it, I believe, the zest of the thing. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta capture that zest, that spice. Yeah. Um that's Oh my god, eight K points of dark elves. You had something like eight K Yeah, yikes. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh I the second uh book I had was a was a Dark Elves book. Um, but and you know later on Malleus Darkblade would become like the guy and everyone would become obsessed with him. Um, no, the, um, I see you do something that's very intelligent about the writing though is because you do look for that theme to build it and then it sort of like starts to write itself. In that yeah. you know because you you sort of I do the same thing like my all, almost all my homebrew uh, stuff is like I'm kind of riffing off of an idea that exists so. Uh, like I did a gunslinger uh, class because I didn't like the at the time I think it was Pathfinder uh, was like kind of the main game and I, I didn't I really didn't like the Pathfinder gunslinger I thought it was uh, I thought it kind of like I thought it kind of like missed the gunslinger thing a little bit like it was it was like half artificer half archer and it just it, it yeah, didn't... I get what you're saying. And and I'm like, well, this isn't here. So I just like thought about every uh, like every western movie i ever liked and i just went through and i took all the like weird archetypal things that always happened in all those and i built gotta rules have for them. like the the cool tricky reload where you spin the lever action around <laughs> yeah yeah i mean well and what it ended up doing is like i broke it down into three archetypes so you had like essentially a sniper um mm -hmm. where you could do like rifle uh like uh, trick shooting and rifle stuff and uh, uh i think i called it like big game hunter or something like that so like it was the whole thing is like it got it got really good at like killing big stuff and like uh and like marking targets and and things like this was like a sniper um the one i liked was was like the was the uh, uh was the what did i call him uh like the the no name killer or something like that and it was like supposed to be like the you know the man with no name uh and uh or high you know it was like a high plains drifter type thing is this this character that just shows up and they actually have powers of anonymity so if you don't know who they're if you don't know their name they're actually better against you and shit um and they're like the quick draw assassins and so i actually like wrote that that way i did a i got really obsessed with the idea of doing damage to yourself to like have buffs and this might have been around the time bloodborne was coming out and i got obsessed with blood uh bloodborne uh, <laughs> so i wrote like a like a, a a blood like i don't know like a blood uh what do they call it? like a blood inquisitor or something like that and right. so, like, yeah, I made this monster hunter, and then fucking Matt Mercer did something like it, and I'm like, ah, fuck you, Matt Mercer. Um, <laughs> uh, like, no one's ever gonna read my fucking shitty thing on, uh, you know, DM uh, DM's guild yeah, now that know. fucking Matt yep. Mercer has something on. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe stood a I'll shot of having next like. I'm Matt. Yeah, I'll catch you next time, Matt. Is that is that why I, I still don't like Critical Role? 
like it okay. It's just, I'm sorry. The episodes are four hours long. I don't have that kind of time. 1.5x. You got a 1.5x it at that point. Um, no, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I like it well enough, but you have to, you have to treat it like it's a show. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It is not an R. It is not an RPG actual play. This is. A, this is a show. This is a movie. You know. This is. They have a. Um, that's. It's. It's cool because it brought a lot of visibility to RPGs. Yeah. Um, but it annoys me because it did that thing where everyone thought that like started comparing themselves to that, and I'm like, now I when I say actors, I don't mean that they are acting, uh, and pretending to be RPG gamers. Okay, like that they hired actors like, hey, go pretend that you play D&D. That's not what I'm saying. But most of them are like voice actors, professional actors, like so on and so forth. Like they they know their way around a stage production, you know, like this is um, so it's it's not quite this, you know, oh, but, they, you know, your my GM doesn't do the voices. And then like, and, and now that GM like feels bad and shamed and it's like, run, you know, I, I have like three voices I can do. Mercer effect. Yeah. You you've already displayed more uh, more cadence and candor than I I can in an entire campaign in like the <laughs> thirty minutes we've been live. Um, like I I don't I have like uh, excited meth voice. I've got like my my baritone I slip into, and then I have like the uh, uh, my essentially like my falsetto where I pitch up. And oh, what I, I love... go ahead. Sorry, go on. Oh, I I just oh. I mostly change my cadence more than my voice. So I like, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll talk down and, you know, I, but it, I can't change my voice. I, I used to be able to when I was like much, much younger. But uh, but then I but then this, uh, you know, sultry baritone set in and I lost it. Like I just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on getting away from the baritone. Work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I understand. I was, so, I right? was just going to say um, back when I when I ran my D&D campaign, that was actually like part of my my favorite part was just like getting into character and, uh, and, uh, you know, emoting fake, but, you know, emoting, play acting. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's one of my favorite parts. This V5 game, and I promise I'm not going to just, like, plug my V5 game all night. This There's V5. voice. <laughs> yeah. Mass Effect 3 is pretty intense. Um, no, when I do the, um, no, I, I try not to these days. <laughs> It's uh it's a uh it's it's an achievement unlocked moment if people can get the Mass Effect 3 rant out of me. Um No, the um with with the the vampire game, uh, there was a character in it called Sundown. And uh going into Sundown's character was like kind of the most fun I've had in an RPG in such a long time. And uh, and Sundown is such a shit. Like he is uh, he's this sniveling cowardly like rat. He's a rat. He's a snitch. Um he is a Nosferatu who like constantly sells ev- like dirt on everybody else, and so when the party like run- ran into him, he like has this like, uh, uh, hi, like uh, I didn't mean to, uh, you know, uh, imply that uh, you, you, uh, uh, I, uh, you know, you might be doing something that maybe the prince should know about or anything, but uh, uh, if he did, it would be real bad for you. Like we just like switch, like sundown is, and like it, like I, I feel my body posture change when I become sundown. And I start like ra- rasping my hands and fingers together. I mean, no, nobody knows that you're not really a Tremere, but uh, I'm sure someone would pay a lot of money for that, and it might be in your best interest to, you know, make sure that rumor doesn't spread. And just like going into the the sundown uh, right, right. persona, and there's a couple different characters out there, and I like that feeling 
of becoming someone else and even in an RPG capacity. I'm I was an okay actor back in like drama and theater. Um, I tended to play support roles because support roles have more fun. Quite frankly, you have you have fewer lines. You can ham it up more. Like you can you know. Uh, the focus isn't on you. Usually, directors like want like the actor to the the leads to to be the lead and do this and that. And when you're a, when you're a side role, you you get to you, you just get to have more fun. Yeah, <laughs> meth is a method uh, DM. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a joke going around that like method man, method man. Like a, that's another one of my nicknames. That one's from Jack from right. Rerolling Ones, by the way. So I think there's a pun there with method. Uh, man or method DM. Hey, Domir. Oh, Domir, how's it going? Yeah. Marathi on a dark Pegasus was your favorite bottle. I remember That's that. Warn her Pegasus had a unique name. I just can't remember what it is. <laughs> I'm definitely not about to like reinstall Total War Warhammer Two to find out either. <laughs> <laughs> based yeah I, I i cut you off though a little bit like you were talking about like a, a, a dming and and so like, do you role play anymore or is it just uh, plates too full these days Plates a little too full unfortunately i i haven't um i haven't really uh played a ttrpg in quite some time but i i miss um i do miss dming my campaign it was a lot of fun yeah yeah, as a storyteller, I think there's there's that that ability to like have a constant audience is like for me that's mm. kind of addictive. Mm. Um, <laughs> me wanting an audience with my podcast and such, no, um, no, that would never be. Um, so just to reset us real quick, get us back uh, back on topic with Sylvaneth. So you had this Warhammer. So that... Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, what was what was the question? Oh, I was just going to say. So you had this, um, you had this experience with uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battle, like yeah. many of us do. You know, we're we're younger; we can't really field a full army. Uh, so there's this like weird longing that gets left in you. <laughs> I can't fully play the game. Um, yeah, and, the first gap, I I did play around a little bit with Skaven, and then I lost my local game store, and I didn't get to play for quite a while. And by the time like, I kind of forgot about it for a good while, and by the time another game store eventually... Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> another game store eventually opened up, and I was like, oh my god. There will be tables. <laughs> I could play... I could play with my rats again. <laughs> and I go, and I'm like, hey, do you guys do Warhammer here? And he's like... He just shook his head. He's like, man, they blew it up. Hmm. <laughs> Like what? This was my first time hearing about end times. I wasn't keeping up with it at all. And I just found out like, yeah, the game just doesn't exist anymore. Oh. Okay. Alright. That's uh Was there a lead time be between the end times and AOS or did did people know the new thing was coming when they blew up the end times? I'm trying I wasn't around for that. I wasn't playing back then. I might have been playing 40k at the time, but I certainly wasn't paying attention to Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Like, in this instance, I think AOS First Edition was out. Mm -hmm. And I think the guy who ran that new game store that was there did not like it. It was one, one of those, one of the, the burn your army on the, uh, on the internet uh, people, right? Nah, he wasn't that bad. He just didn't care for it. He's just like, nah, I don't like it. <laughs> There was I, I refer to those the that that is like the dark the dark ages for AOS. 
Um, you know, and it was back to back. All right, Ulf, thank you. Um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I uh, I, I jumped in basically like GHB twenty seventeen, the kind of on the tail end of it. Uh, you know, winter twenty seventeen, uh, November, December ish, maybe maybe as early as September. It might have been fall. Eh, not not important. So I jumped in there, and so like the game was already had already existed, and I will never forget Halo coming to me and being like, "You should come play Warhammer. It's good again." <laughs> like that was his pitch, and I'm like, "All right, I'm there." And so I had this period in time where I was getting into AOS, and uh, he the had a full music. he had a full Stormcast army to just give me. Like he was like, "You, you can play this. Here's this whole Stormcast army. I won." And you can just play it. And I'm like, you know, so I was like wow. practicing on the Stormcast army. And I'm like, yeah, these are cool, but is, 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 are Nagash and Skaven still around, you know? <laughs> like, Hell yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, you know, and I just kind of picked up where I left off when I, when I jumped back into Undead. But I had this period in time where I was thinking about starting Skaven because they were one, that army I kind of always wanted to try back in Warhammer Fantasy Battle, but never got around to it. Um, but I, I stuck with I stuck with undead. I stuck with death, and I have no regrets. Like just tattoo it on my neck. Um, I am admittedly still salty about how much of a trap option the warplock Jazales were mm. in fantasy battles. Mm-hmm. They were so bad it was dumb. Okay, I have to explain this now. So basically, they had thirty six inch range. Wow, awesome! But their ballistic skill was so garbage they would never hit anything. And even worse, the rattling guns, which were cheaper on points, mm-hmm. and you could just attach them to like a clan rat or storm vermin block, had a special rule: heavy ammo. Where do you see that range? On how far they can shoot, fucking ignore it. They can shoot twice that far because fuck you. <laughs> and it ended up like with them being almost as far reaching as the Jazales, except they actually fucking hit things. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Incredible. Demir says this is the power of the pun. I, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, power of the pun? What? I'm, uh, the rattling gun. It's a pun. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right then. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so you uh, you end up in AOS and you get in on Sylvaneth because of the books. Yeah, yeah. So, um, just I love the concept of them. I partially because, like the okay. One of the scenes that sealed the deal for me was um, at the tail end of. I forget the name of the books, individual books, because like I said, I got the big tome that's just Realmgate Wars Volume 1. Mm-hmm. But in the first book that has the Hallowed Hearts entering Gairan, at the tail end of it, they have to get some of the Astral Templars? The pink armored Stormcast, pink magenta purplish armored Stormcast guys. I, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't read Black, uh, Black Library fiction too much. I mean, long story short, they need reinforcements. Another storm host comes to reinforce them, but it's still not enough because, you know, Nurgle's forces, they're losing on attrition slowly but surely. And then a bunch of dryads show up in a huge flanking maneuver led by a bunch of, like, tree lords. And Zephocles, that's his name. Lord Celestant of the Astral Templars gets done, like, 
pummeling a vermin lord and he's like oh shit reinforcements this is this is great it's like ha ah, let me come help you and one of the dryads fucking shrieks at him and goes back to peeling the flesh off of a, a plague bearer and like plucking its <laughs> eyes out and like revealing the skull in like one swift motion and he's like oh okay <laughs> I, uh, and i'm like that's them i want them gimme yeah i uh, hate to be contradictory but uh that's that's pretty metal <laughs> is it uh is it is it more metal if we don't care oh uh, yeah it's uh, way more metal <laughs> if you don't care <laughs> like just fucking nathan explosion voice like yeah it's pretty fucking metal uh that's awesome no i i uh <laughs> how's it going lexalopolis Sil right, right, uh, right. Sylvaneth are the most death faction in order. That makes them awesome to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Um. Yeah. Uh. So so Sylvaneth. Uh. Even though they're the 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 trees are a pain to pain to put together, you're you're kind of in on uh on the Sylvaneth. So, um. Do you want to go into your malaise with cities of Sigmar, or do you want to jump to the the uh, the reveals or the the? Well, you can't do the thing anymore. Oh, I was I was fine with that. It's just like where I'm at right now. I just I kind of I kind of don't want to keep working on that cities of Sigmar like list I planned on doing instead of Sylvaneth because. Now it's kind of up in the air. Like, are they being completely rebranded and upended into like the Dawnbringer army that they're planning, or is that going to be like a separate thing? Like, kind of like with the Stormcasts, where they have the Storm Host and the Storm Keep allegiance abilities. Like, right. Right. that's kind of like the ideal world that I would like to see. I don't know if that's the case yet. Right. Right. So, so it's been kind of like. A little, honestly, just a, just a teeny bit frustrating, like getting stun locked, basically. <laughs> I, I think that's a, I think that's a great I think that's a great thing to point out, actually. Like the the indecision, uh, like wanting to just you know have an just give me an excuse, right? Like uh, that's you know one of the my main mottos of of AOS is just give me an excuse to do something I already want to do, right? Or or give me an excuse that's kind of cool or you know, to do something that's kind of cool, even if it's not the best, like just give me an excuse. And they're giving you, ex it, they're giving you the opposite of an excuse. Like you said, you're stun locked. You don't know what direction to go um, while you sort of wait with your army and torpor. And even if Sylvaneth come out like this new battle tome, you still kind of have to like, are you still going to have to wait for the Dawnbringer crusade, whatever that might be to come out too? Right. Like not necessarily because if the third edition Sylvaneth book comes out and it's good, Baby, I'll just play them instead. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I'll just do the thing I originally wanted, except now I want to do it more. Oh, perfect. Did you have a chance to look at the the teasers or the leaks? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Right. What would you read on those? Uh, for for, I, for um, Lady of Vines, and there's the Kurnoth with bows, and uh, 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 Durthu? Durthu got shown? Yeah, I think... Uh, Durthus, something happened. I, I honestly, I haven't, yes, I didn't pay attention to him. I remember. I had a really weird week with the leaks. Pardon me. That is okay. They're pinned in the Giga. Oh, oh shit! Daughters of Cain leaks. 
Domir says, uh, new Sylvaneth, make me happy. I didn't finish my 2K list before the new book came out. <laughs> yeah. I could not okay. be more jealous of the new Sylvaneth releases. They're so cool. Um, yeah, they're pretty cool. Although I will say, I do have I do have a couple of jokes I could tee up here. Go ahead, I suppose. Uh, prior, prior to this, one thing I said, and I don't know how often or how frequently I said this, but one thing I did say was um, that everyone wants archers. Everyone wants to see cavalry. Everyone wants these things to fly. Mm -hmm. And I said, I want a reason to use the things that are already here first, please. Mm -hmm. Like spite revs, I'm sorry, they're bad. They're stupid, they're useless, they're bad, they're not good. Right. Five wounds, five up armor save, 70 points, bad damage output, Fear aura that is too, uh, fear aura that is not nearly as useful as it should be. Oh, but hey, you can get Dreadwood and Drika to double buff stack them and throw a bunch of good money after bad. Mm -hmm. Or for 10 more points, you can take the guys that teleport. Yeah. Gee, I wonder which one I'd rather do. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the role of something that teleports is, is indispensable, even if it's bad. You know? Yes, this is true. Like they're still weak. It's however they teleport. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the you have to like against even uh, peak OBR from two point uh, You know, like uh, peak. Uh, everyone was wrong about how OP Petrifex Elite was because they were just too stubborn to learn to play against them. Uh, that era. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I've uh, I raised a bunch of money for charity uh, last year. Was the first year to no the uh, changes for Petrifex Elite were totally founded. You uh, blah de blah. Um, so there we got. I got that out the way. Um, even back then, <laughs> if somebody if somebody had a unit that teleported, didn't matter what it was. Uh, the way I had to play the game completely changed, just by having a like unit of harpies like allied into your stupid fucking army. Like just yeah. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. and and it was the same thing with these these uh, with these assholes like uh, like uh, teleports are they're just indisposable they're good um, pr kind of a... provided they're affordable and that's the yeah. main caveat if it's a very expensive teleport then it's usually not worth it but if it's if it's a if it's a low uh, like a low buy-in it's worth just having that silver bullet in your army because it just it just changes how people have to deploy and play the game just by having it for sure so. And also, I will. Maybe I'm like look uh, 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 looking at this from the wrong perspective, but in my mind, like after having looked over Cities of Sigmar and their rules so much, like I'm thinking seventy points for five spite revenants. Mm -hmm. so, uh, Cities of Sigmar has like um, units like uh, the Blackguard Halberdiers that are 135 points right now for 10 of them so like you're talking about like a fairly similar points per model cost and i just they're four up two inches rend one better damage profile like and also spite revs are on 32 millimeter bases and one inch reach claws bad they're just bad <laughs> there's not a reason to take them there isn't they they are bad within their own army. They're bad compared to other similarly pointed per model units in other armies. I'm sorry, they're bad. There's no reason to take them. And similarly, um, the branch witch. I lament the branch witch has no like real role in the army right now, <laughs> because it's a cool fucking model. 
it's a really cool model. Mm-hmm. It's also the one that comes in the start collecting box, and there is a reason why nine times out of ten, online when I see somebody's branch wraith, it's a kit bashed branch witch. I uh I I don't know the difference, quite frankly. Uh, so, I played several Sylvaneth players, and they just point at it and they go, "That's a branch one." I'm like, "Wait, is that the good <laughs> one or the bad one?" Like, I cut them off before they even finish it because, <laughs> like, I'm like, "Is this is this the good one or the bad one?" And they're like, "Well, this is the good one." And I'm like, "Okay," and the good one's good because it does the like stacking, uh, it's uh you know uh cast values, and then it does some shenanigans, and they're like, "Yes," and I'm like, "Okay, cool." Uh, so it's dead, uh, and they're like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Uh huh," and then and then like that. And that and well, that's they're, they're that's both, the end of the exchange. <laughs> they're both low tier casters. It's just that um, the branch witch, if I recall correctly, right now is ninety points, and has for like twenty more points. If you want something that will actually do okay damage in melee, there's the arch revenant, who also happens to synergize with Kurnoff hunters, the best goddamn things in the book right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Branch Witch doesn't. Okay, cool. Uh, well, at least she has an AoE Mortal Wound proc spell as her signature spell. That's sweet, right? Oh, the War, the War Song Revenant now also has that, and it's a bigger, better one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Okay, so which would you rather have in terms of cheap casters, the Branch Witch or the Branch Wraith? The Branch Wraith summons. Summons dryads for an army that struggles to have a solid amount of models on the table to contest objectives. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And the unit she summons is battle line, so counts for those battle plans where it's got to be a uh, battle line contesting. Mm-hmm. Gee, well, well, I that... wonder which one I'd rather have. Well, the battle line contesting thing doesn't work anymore though, because like you don't have when you're summoned and you don't have your, uh, you know, you're not battle line even if you were battle line, right? Gotcha. So, because uh, gotcha. that's a force organization thing, you don't have battle line when you you're summoned into the game. Okay, uh, it's a it's it's a it's a ter- unless they fixed it, uh, they maybe they finally fixed it. But I remember them doing that, and it was stupid. Um, not to be confused with uh, when you're awesome, uh, like death is, and you bring a unit back, then it keeps it. <laughs> 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 um. I like Olf Paint is trying to help me figure out the difference between them. And he's like, well, one is made of sticks and the other is made of branches. Yeah, I don't. Made of branches. They have branch in the name. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, branch Wraith has claws. The Branch Witch has the cool sickle thing and a pet centipede. Ooh. See, I like the one with a with a tree friend. Automatically. Uh, I don't. I, I already have forgotten which one's which, by the way. Like, it just it never even registered. Uh, you you just talked to me this whole time explaining the difference, and it it just I tried to like memorize it in real time, and it it still didn't stick. And I'm like, oh, which is the one with the cool tree friend? That's my favorite. See, maybe they'll get new war scrolls in this book. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. See, I, I but... I'm uh, I'm gonna glance at my phone here. I'm looking at uh, I'm I'm checking out Giga Chat real quick to see what I missed because I feel like I missed something. Um, you can oh, continue. Buddy. Um, well, I guess I would I would just say like leading in like um, so like I said like those are the two units that just I'm sorry they just don't have a role and I, I the only thing the the biggest thing that I want from this book is you know give me a reason to use these existing units. Oh, I see a bunch of DOK leaks so far. 
Sweet. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Don't so we tempt got... me with Melisai. Melisai are very cool. Snacks. Okay. I see. So not it's it. This isn't like uh uh you know, Lord of the Leaks like it was with uh, um, <laughs> Night Haunt. Night Haunt. Yeah, that was wild. The entire book. Also, is that a Lumineth thing? What? Mm-hmm. Could okay. All right. Could be a Photoshop. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Seeing my stuff pinned in here. Yeah, that was my bad. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's just, like, there's not enough to go on right now with, like, will Sylvaneth be good or bad? Sylvaneth be good. Gia, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's yeah. just, I mean, there, I mean, this, this always happens. I mean, this is, this is everything. We always rush to conclusions about stuff off of one teaser rule on a Warcom article, uh, Everyone will remember. We still haven't stopped suffering from the, uh, uh, you know, from the, uh, what is it, emo? The the crematorian uh, menace still hasn't ended, right? Uh, clearly, <laughs> that they had the best rule. Uh, that read was wrong at the time. Like they they shared the crematorian rule right next to pro- plus one save. That was a dumb read at the time. And, like, not everything was out yet. Sorry, uh, I blacked out. Mass Effect rant again? <laughs> what? What? Was it the Mass Effect rant? Did I... I where am I? No. No? Not okay. this time. Okay. Um, no, like, we, we always... But we do always often rush to conclusions and stuff like that. And without knowing how it all comes together, without knowing Allegiance abilities, one of the big things that, like, Sylvaneth got hit on was, like, losing how... Like, you know, they have their house and, and shit like that. Their battalions just got all mucked about. Um... That whole book leaked early on iTunes, if everyone recalls. So, if, if, if I'm going to reset this to even before that, Sylvaneth are a very interesting army to me, um, just in general. Um, not just because like I have like this uh, vicarious ability to like enjoy things my friends like. So, like my buddy Sam, uh, he was a high elf player back in Warhammer Fantasy Battle when I was playing Undead, uh, and when he got into AOS with me and Joe. Um, I'm sorry, me and Haywo, um, he uh, he picked up Sylvaneth. And at that time, it was 1.0 Sylvaneth when they were real strong. Oh, I heard they were really good in first ad. Yeah, like, I mean, they, they it was like first ad and, 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 uh, and then they had like a, like their sort of 1.5 version where they were pretty good, where they were, they were pretty good. Um, and then basically going into 2.0, they sort of became irrelevant uh, for a period. Uh, and then they got their battle tome that was supposed to fix them. And they stayed kind of irrelevant. Um, so unfortunate, right? But there's this thing: is is they were this sort of blueprint for what we even think of as an AOS army to this day. You know, two and a half editions later, um, they were the first time we saw like you know allegiance artifacts and allegiance abilities and stuff like that. Um, okay, they, that that was when that book came out. It was sort of the first Age of Sigmar book. Up until then, it was like this weird, you know, like you have these allegiances and you group your stuff together on the keywords. And it was, quite frankly, if I had started playing at that exact moment, my brain would have short-circuited. Uh, and I would have been like, uh, like, no. 
Um, luckily, I got rewarded for my, uh, uh, you know, uh, utter luck of when I started playing the game, and it has nothing to do with me. Uh, but, no, so, like, that book came out, and, and that actually sort of defined what it, what an AOS army was. It put the battalions in it. It, it had the allegiances. Uh, it would even hint at what would go on to be sub-allegiances with the way they handled uh you know what is it? They they had the the family or whatever the house like they, the way that they their had warglades. Yeah, they had their warglades and they had mi like micro battalions essentially. Wait, that you... actually is it warglade or wargrove? This is my supposed favorite army, and I yeah, this remember. is your you're the expert. I'm the so you're the expert guest here. Blades. I was right the first time. Run it back, baby. <laughs> I'll edit that in post. You'll you'll sound perfect <laughs> the first time. I understand, like, uh, opening pages could be difficult with your bunny paws, too. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, so, I mean, but that was the army that sort of, like, like that That was, like, sort of the, uh, it's, it's interesting because they're essentially the first principles of AOS. Now, it's, we've had some evolution since. You're all welcome. But you can look at even, like I said, you can even look at, like, sub-allegiances there, uh, you know, they had the only playable mega battalions. Like the, the the landscape of what that book did uh, was just very very interesting, very important to to Age of Sigmar. And as more and more tomes came out, they sort of like remixed and figured stuff out a little bit better, a little bit worse. Uh, you know, you end up with a Nurgle book, which is pretty pretty solid um, for its time. It just stuck around with that antiquated book for far too long. Uh, you know, you had. Um, you know, after that, we get, like, LON, and we start to get, like, you know, we start to get, like, a good clip of books, and and uh, and by the time Nighthaunt and the next iteration of Stormcast are, are down, IDK, Nighthaunt, DOK, like, all those came out, 2.0 comes out, and the whole game changes again. Um, and so, all these other books, they, you know, Games Workshop says they're going to get every, every book updated in one year. I said bold, but bullshit. If you do it, I will reserve my judgment. Uh, like that whole year, just because I want to see if you can do it. <laughs> like I'm just like I'm sitting there with popcorn at this point. Like, go ahead, you know. Like, let's see it, GW. Uh, I've never trusted you to release stuff like that ever. Um, so I was kind of impressed when they did get all the books out in one year to begin with. But it all started very rocky with uh, Sylvaneth coming out, sort of like leaked ahead of time. I believe that was in in the spring of that year. Uh, we had gotten what was it, Zinch and Skaven. Right, kind of kicked us off at the beginning of that year. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, Chat Egg, you can correct me, or if anyone's, uh, you want to get mad at me in the comments on the YouTube video, go ahead. It's fine. My memory is, uh, pretty decent on some stuff, but time is where I start to get foggy on things. Um, blame it on my ADHD. Uh, time blindness is a hell of a drug. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, anyway, like Sylvaneth comes out, and this is where you get this, this, the whole book leaks to iTunes, like way ahead of time. Wow. And I'm not convinced that that, that product that well. went to iTunes was the finished product. Um, I, I've heard various conspiracies from Dude Trust Me Guy. Um, but My source is that I made it the fuck up. Right, yeah, exactly. And I, and, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I believe that whoever believes their various, their <laughs> conspiracies, they believe it. You know, uh, I'm not, a, I'm not interested in that. But it did read to me like an incomplete product. And they've been just like kind of stuck with that for the last run. Now, Games Workshop has 
this nasty habit of overcorrective steering. It's it's the thing that when I see super like super hot takes on the internet, one of the things that always worries me is because Games Workshop has this weakness of overcorrective steering to noise. Um, everyone remembers nerf evocators, like the the blood curdling screeches that evocators were OP and gav bombs were the best, and they listened mm. to people and nerfed them. You know, like yeah. insane. Abs- like not useful now. Oh, they they weren't they weren't good at the time. You know, this is two point Like they weren't even good at the time. Right, right, right. You know, like insanity, absolute insanity. Um. So, I have a tinfoil hat over here. I'd like to put on. Sylvaneth is such the wild card in in all of this. They had that one really great release, and they had a couple moments where, like, GHB buffs, like, aligned to where they kept, they they stayed relevant, or some meta rules changed to where, like, they suddenly were good again. Is this finally the time they get Sylvaneth right? I mean, if I were a betting man, I'd say no, because I would go with history and go, history dictates that, nah, they haven't figured this army out. But they haven't released a bad army in 3.0 yet. They've released better and worse armies, you know. Uh, But that would be a false dichotomy to even, you know, think good, think bad to begin with, you know, right? Like, they haven't really, like, struck out, I guess, would be a better way. You know, they just, they haven't, like, just utterly whiffed on a book. Um, Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I think each of them so far has definitely had, like, if nothing else, a very solid core. There's been something to do in that book, right? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like and and Games Workshop, even good, bad, or otherwise, when it comes to their books, they always have like this pendulum swinging back and forth on their power. If uh, demons are good in this book, the mortals are going to be good in the next one. Or if demons are good this GHB, mortals will be good the next one. Uh, if uh, just to apply it to my army, if zombies are good this book or this GHB, skeletons will be good this one. Or oh. Graveguard are back in stock and they're not selling. Or Black Knights. Oh, we better, like, now suddenly Black Knights are really good. Like, that pendulum moves around essentially helping shift models, right? I mean, they, they, let's be honest. They're a capitalist organization. They want to sell shit. It's, 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 not, it's not a newsflash to anyone that, like, a multi-billion dollar company wants to sell you crap. Um, like I, I don't, I don't understand why that's still a hot take. Ooh, like someone's fucking solved the Fibonacci sequence when they're like, uh, you know how like Gorg Gruntas are suddenly good, but they were bad before. I'm betting brutes are gonna get good soon. Yeah, no shit. Like, yeah, obviously they're gonna over, they're gonna overbuff brutes at some point if they're still in circulation. Uh, obviously things that are, don't stay in circulation, they just kind of throw darts at. I guess like salamanders sometimes we get just like inexplicably great and they're like fine cast models that are never in stock to begin with <laughs> pardon me um fine that they're never in stock they look bad yeah they're garbage um <laughs> like i'm sorry salamander stands uh, um it's okay uh, i'm technically one of you now seraphon players because i own a start collecting box a display board and two bastilodons technically my they're my sons but you know he didn't pay for him. <laughs> I'm a star. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, so, like, uh, the, the thing I'm saying is, oh, well, and, and that's the thing, is I don't think it's pure, like, malice of forethought on GW's, uh, on GW's uh, side either. 
I don't know that their marketing department is even really talking to the rules writers, okay? But I know in a design or in a in a dev design pipeline, you have agendas from the top. <laughs> hey, LLV, it's been a while, my friend. Um, you have like some someone handing down post-it notes to your to your uh, designers, right? That have like an agenda. They go, "This is what we'd like to see." You know, we're going to roll out these things going forward, right? They, they say, right? They have their pipeline, and the writers tend to move their focus around uh, deliberately because they just spent a whole book writing all the demon rules last time, and they're like, "Well, this time I want to focus on the mortal stuff." I don't think it's malicious. It just shouldn't be unexpected when the when that pendulum swings is really all I'm saying. Yeah. And and with Sylvaneth, they've been such a fucking wild card because for a while dryads were the way. Like dryad, like uh, like basically two up rerolling, uh, effectively two up save rerolling dryads that you couldn't move ever off of anything. That was the way. Like, just, just the teleporting castles upon castles. They looked at the... You just practice your deployments on these battle plans, and you couldn't lose them with Sylvaneth at one... That was once upon a time. I still think... Uh, whatever I have... Whatever I said about the, the uh, uh, early release, uh, the early leak on iTunes, the iTunes store, like, jettison that from your mind for one second, like, or, you know, put it in an airlock. Already forgotten. Perfect. Uh, like, I think they're, they got punished in that overcorrective steer for a while because they, they were an auto win in that weird foggy period between the 1.0 and 2.0 transition. Like they were an auto win army, like on very specific battle plans. So you only really like you practice your deployments on those so that you could never lose them. Uh, Haywo might have, if you go back, back far enough in time in some of Haywo's content, you might hear the legend of a Durthu one-shotting his old stone skeleton uh, Stonehorn uh, full to dead rolling all sixes. Like, just hearing the jackpot casino noises with a sort of judgment, I think it was, or something, like, insane. Um, rolling sixes is a skill. We know yeah, this. rolling sixes. Just get good at rolling sixes. Everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so... so uh, <sighs> It's it's Sylvaneth is in terms of my like dialectical analysis, <clears throat> in terms of how I've been pretty on on point with my predictions. I'm still waiting for my fucking medal on Fire Slayers, by the way, uh, and having been right about them and basically every army so far. Um, Sylvaneth's the only one I personally can't pin down. I've been pretty on point with every everything I've I've talked about in in terms of like some of the 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 analysis i've done for just sort of basically it's a combination you know history what i understand about dev uh, dev designer pipelines a uh, couple rules teases here and there uh like it's it's not hard to tell like bad, the thing people forget about fire slayers is first spell they were like over 60 percent win rate just nobody fucking gave a shit about them you know like yeah, they were good in 2.0 actually right like just nobody played them um, yeah, and so like yeah, the three point transition didn't treat them well. Uh, but hey, they're fine again. Like it's <sighs> Sylvaneth. I don't think will be bad. I can't, I just I don't think they're going to be bad this time. Surely they won't have two bad books in a row, right? 
Surely they can't. Well, I sure hope that's the case. But if one army were to get the bad battle tome in 3.0, like there's just, just like in, when you go to a tournament, someone's carrying your L, and you either you either dodge it or you hold it, right? But someone's always carrying your L at a tournament. Right, uh, right, right. Like, one of these books has to be holding the L, right? In 3.0. I I don't want to like I don't want to like I I want it to be like you know passionate happy hopeful uh but like again I I can't lie to you chat gang I can't lie to you and I can't lie to you Saturday I just if one army's gonna hold the L it's it's Sylvaneth you could if you tried I could try I <laughs> I don't think they'll fuck up two books in a row and I think they're going to overcorrective steer and Sylvaneth are going to be good actually. I think that I think they're they're due for an overcorrective steer. I think the community has been so loud about trees and some of the missteps so far that we might actually end up with the new boogeyman in Sylvaneth because I don't think there's like a dedicated boogeyman. You know, you have your like Sinister Six as as a uh, as a uh, as uh, the Honest Wargamer and stuff calls it. But like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But I, there's not like just that one army that stands out in everyone's mind. Like, like there has been traditionally every sort of GHB rotation. You know, for a while, Change Host is just the fucking worst thing. Uh, you know, for a while there, uh, well, you know, Daughters of Cain. No one ever really. Da- I guess Daughters of Cain for a little bit here at the beginning of of, of 3.0. Uh, Sons of Behemoth, kinda, but they were still more of a litmus test gatekeeper, and that yeah, could be beat. Yeah. You know, but again, we have more of this. Again, that we now have like more of this sinister six with this like RPS on the top tables, the rock paper scissors on the top tables. So it's like, but we don't have that dedicated boogeyman. Like the way like Tyranids, I guess, right now over in in 40k is that the army that everyone hates in 40k right now? It's like just Should Tyranids. Do not know. Show I my, couldn't tell you to be honest. Come on, chat gang. You hope it's the third Lumineth book. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think there's a. Th- I think they've got a third Lumineth book coming. I, I don't. I don't think that's a meme. I think that's true. I I'll laugh for days. I will fucking laugh for days when it drops. By the way, I can't N- wait to be stuck talking about Sentinels again. <laughs> no, no, you're gonna be talking about how like Hammer Bros, uh, like hammer you in the face, and then you you have to redeploy, uh, badly, or so. they're gonna get like some <laughs> stupid rule that just makes them the worst thing to play against on the table. Or coy cavalry that flies. Yeah, who knows? Like it's just there's just gonna be something out of left field. Like sentinels are gonna like get message received, overcorrective steered, smashed into the ground to be terrible. But Tyrion s- will be playable again and yeah. he'll be overpowered and <laughs> Yeah, just but just something's gonna like show up and we'll just like this is this is bonkers stupid. Uh Tyranids are actually running from Seraphon. <laughs> Funny. Uh 40k has the new book Power Creep Problem. See, AOS doesn't have a power creep problem and and Vince and I have a similar take on this and I'm sure his is more succinct and better my take on power creep in AOS is that you can look at new stuff and it's sometimes worse than an older book so clearly power creep's not real you know like it's far more the exception uh, that the new thing is the best you know like TM it it's usually like there's some mechanics creep where like new mechanics show up in the new stuff and people who don't want to learn how to play games think new mechanics are automatically busted because they never invest the time into learning to play around them 
Yikes. See, that's uh, that, that lack of parity is insanity there, LLV. That's just nasty. Three armies with 80% win rate, the rest under 50. See, the, the one time... See, AOS didn't even get to a point where it could have three armies with an 80% win rate because for a time we only had two books. <laughs> you can't have too much disparity if you only have two playable armies, baby. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Nid's Elder and I think GK, uh, Gene Stealer Colts, maybe? Is that what GK weren't means? The, weren't the Drukari, like, riding out the top for a good while there? Like, I'm pretty sure at LVO, Drukari were one of the big three armies that were just stomping. I remember people being mad at Elves, but people are always mad at Elves. Oh, great. Well, nice. to be fair, there are more of them, so it's easy to be mad at Elves. It's it's uh I don't I don't I don't put a lot of stock in like weird cringe fantasy racism. Um, no, I mean because there's too many fucking elves that are playable. Eh. Too many playable elf armies. So like, if you're gonna throw hatred at a group of armies, like there's more of them to like grab that by random happenstance. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. No, I mean I mean if you're just grasping at straws, right? But I mean that's the thing is like we're we're kind of like fantasy nerds. I feel like. We were sort of sold fantasy as a as a as an identity when we were younger off of the backs of like dragons and elves, right? It was like what did you expect when you came and played a game with made up fantasy crap? It's gonna have dragons and elves. Honestly, we don't have nearly enough dragons for my taste. I know, hot take. Uh I guess Stormcast dragons are a problem, but uh I want everyone to have huge sweet dragons. As far as the eye can see. This reminds me, I really wish some of you guys did not put that idea in my head about the the Umbraneth being Shadow Dragon Elves. Oh. Because I'm going to be so disappointed when they're not. So, here's the thing. This, this is a teaching moment for everybody yes. checking. Have uh -huh. hope, don't have expectations. No. Okay, alright, you know what? That's a good way of putting it. Like, hope is fine. Hope is based, actually. You know, hope is rebellion in 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 the dystopian future we live in, this dystopian hellscape. Um, having hope is good. Um, having expectations is where you get is where you get pinched, because if you expect the thing, that's where you get disappointment. Hope I said is are those that expect nothing, for they shall never be disappointed. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> ha see, hope can help you manifest the sweet shit. Like you talk about things you're hopeful for. People hear that you that that sounds sweet, and they get hyped for it. And then you know, the zeitgeist adjusts, and like Games Workshop then lies like, oh yeah, we were always going to release that army. You know, like that shit happens. Right? <laughs> like hope is based. Uh, expectations a motherfucker. Um. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll admit. If they if they do actually come out and they are straight up, like, uh, Shadow the Hedgehog for the GameCube levels of edgy Shadow Dragon Elves, mm -hmm. I'm all in. Gimme. <laughs> it's the only thing that will 100% get me on board day one. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, Alexalopolis. We don't talk about Umbraneth. Every time someone mentions them, GW delays them another year. <laughs> Oh, wow. that's brutal. It's funny. And, funny because yeah. true. See, I I thought Umbraneth was going to be like the, the transition to 3.0. I thought that was going to be the thing. You know, Slanesh is going to get out. Um, Archeon's going to do some shit. 
Uh, Death can't sit by anymore. He's got to actually mm-hmm. like do some stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 Or or there's like a or it, you know it something happens and now Malekith is like now is the time I can get some sweet power for myself. But they seem really thrown in on Dok as like kind of like the face of uh, the Edgelord Elf side of stuff, right? Oh man, they're so edgy. Yeah. I read the um their novel Covens and Blood. Yeah, that's it. Covens and Blood. It's over there on my bookshelf. Hmm. I didn't love it. Not gonna hmm. lie. Yeah, I was actually like um somewhat disappointed because I had been led to believe that oh my god the daughters of Cain are like the best handled like naked screaming woman faction in a fantasy thing ever and I was like okay cool I I guess I have to read the book about. Mm-hmm everyone's favorite girl boss and just for my taste like they they're at too much of a venn diagram of like the edgiest fantasy stuff you can think of mm-hmm. and feeling like a um a um what's the term i'm looking for a uh, straw feminist lesbian from like a reactionary comic strip circa like the mid two thousands. Oh, so like the like more of a on the girl boss than like legit feminism type thing. We're like, look, we well, have... well, in the first like, basically, it's three novellas written by three different authors, and like at the beginning and the end, they tie into each other some way. Mm-hmm. And in the first one, anyways, at some point, like they they. They have, like, a party, basically, and they can't get drunk off of, like, wine because that would be too blasé. Mm. And so in order to, like, basically get drunk and have a good time, they sacrifice a bunch of slaves. Mm. All of their slaves, by the way, are men. I mean, cool. Uh, smash, and they all... smash the patriarchy and all that. And then they all <laughs> go off to fuck each other, and the ones that fuck their male slaves are looked down upon... By the other daughters of Cain. Is this, fucking, like, is this a this... fucking 40k book? It sounds like 40k <laughs> garbage. Sorry. It's just so... It's laying it on so thick and so mm. heavy. And I'm just like, oh my god. Like, I, mm. Man, I fucking get it. Mm. Like, there's a character at one point um, who has, like, those, uh, those warlock guys. Mm-hmm. And, like, she actually treats them well. And all the rest of the gir- the girls in her temple are like, ugh, disgusting. What the fuck? Oh, to where, like, so essentially they have the problem where they're not even writing characters. Like, like they're not even making characters. They're just, like, uh, like they just have these, like, cardboard cutouts that, like, have some sort of, like, uh, like ideology written on it. <laughs> and then and that's what the characters is. And they just, like, put it in the thing. Yeah, that's that sucks. Um. I, like I said, I don't. I don't read. Uh, the meme has long been. I don't read black library fiction. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and tip my hand here. It's not a meme. I, I've never read a black library book. Um, I, uh, I, I not against people who do or anything like that. Uh, and I hope it doesn't undermine my credibility. But I just, I just, they. When I finally have time to sit down and read, I just the shit I read is so much worse and more boring. Um, <laughs> like it's. I'm going to go read a fucking, like, the 16th uh, uh, book on anarchism this week. Like, 
Oh, eco anarchism. What's that? I better go read about that shit now. Like, don't don't be don't be like me, kids. Uh, read your black library fiction. Um. <laughs> Still haven't finished Dominion, actually. Uh, GW writers out there just watching the crow and going, "Nah, mate, this is way too subtle." <laughs> Look, I still like the crow. I see. I've I've actually learned to embrace my inner edge lord. Uh, like I, I was getting to the point where like I got disgusted by edge lords too, and then I realized I was just mad at them because I was mad at myself, and then I learned to love myself. Uh, so like I'm okay with my inner edge lord, um, and I think self awareness is super critical when you when you embrace your inner inner edge lord. Self a self serious edge lord is no fun, but like. I like huge swords and characters that speak in one-liners. I can't help it. Uh, cl- <laughs> like clouds my jam. What do you? What do you if want? It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Like teleporting a with. Wise con- man once said. Yeah. And if it's not fun, what's the point? Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. Uh, you know that's part of the fun of of why we all still love Metal Gear Rising. That's the thing is like not sure if well it's Kojima so it's definitely parody parody right, um, but like it just it goes so hard, like you're not sure if it's earnest or or satire right, and that's kind of part of the beauty of it, like that's part of why it's fun. It like no way someone made this earnestly right like no way this was a legitimate attempt to make a game this. This hardcore, right? Like no because way. The bit where Sundown is like, it'll just, it'll be just like the good old days before, after nine eleven. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's too. And did Coach? Okay, I gotta. I, Halo stumbled with this one too. Yes. Wikipedia, help me out here. Metal Gear. Revengeance. Who the fuck made this? Was Kojima involved? Because Raiden, he's on record. Raiden is one of his favorite characters. Like As he should be. Uh, yep. <laughs> oh, I, I stand Raiden in Metal Gear Solid 2. I was immediately Team Raiden. Everyone was pissed at that time. And I'm like, are you kidding? I, like, I love this. I love... He's go- he gets a katana! And he cartwheels with no hands instead of... Does a barrel roll! He's awesome! Like, like made directly for me. You know, I, I what was I, like, 12 or 14 or something like that? Like, I was, like, still, like, hard, hard in my anime phase. Like, uh, it, it, it was, that game, uh, Raiden was aggressively made for exactly me, you know? Um, he's got white hair. He's so much cooler than Snake. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and I loved the, uh, I loved the, the relationship drama, quite frankly, because uh, uh, I don't know, I was a hopeless romantic too, and I also wondered like uh, about the uh, playing a role uh, in society and uh, you know like dating folks because you're just playing roles and so on and so forth. And then I, yeah. So, uh, where is this here? Uh, the game originally being developed internally by Ko- Kojima Productions. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Rising. However, the team met with difficulties developing a game based on swordplay, so Kojima postponed its development until a solution could be found. And I remember those early teaser stuff because he wanted there to be like a, a bullet time mechanic where you could chop anything 
in any direction. Huh? And uh, and they 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 didn't have the technology to do that. Um, because we saw some early teaser game or some early Watermelon. teaser. Yeah, where he's like, Ch- yep, well, yep. <laughs> um, with Platinum Games as a new developer, the game underwent significant changes, play mechanics, uh, retained responsibility over the game's overall plot. So Kojima did maintain uh, the plot. So yes, then uh, confirmed. Uh, it is a thousand percent parody, like. Kojima's whole thing is like thumbing his nose at like imperialism in general and war. Uh, we Westerners put like Westerners, we Americans put our our very American lens on it. Uh, but if you, there's a really good uh, video. Is it by Kaiser Beams? Did it? It's either Kaiser Beams or uh, or Michael Saba. Um, did a video on like uh, on essentially like. Uh, the a lot of like how much we like love the an like we love anime and we love all the stuff because we see like a lot, we're it's very easy to project like on like American imperialism on a lot of these stuff uh, without realizing that like Japan was having a huge resurgence of like imperialism in the eighties and nineties that most of the artists and uh, like were very vocally against. Huh. Um, uh, That's and, interesting. And that, like, in fact, uh, the sort of, like, aggressive export of Japanese culture that we got in the 90s was a very, like, uh, concerted effort uh, to sort of, like, imperialize the media uh, with Japanese culture and stuff. This thing that America does very aggressively itself, by the way. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's just some really cool, like, essays I can turn some folks onto. There's a... Fuck, there was a, like, a... It was like a Wall Street Journal essay or something, or a Wall Street Journal article was on this one too. The last time I was on this subject, I ended up having to link, link a bu- bunch of stuff because people, uh, people's eyes glossed over, much like yours are doing right now. <laughs> but yeah, like we we uh, we imprint like a lot of like you know as an American consumer, uh, you know, and you know our our deep. It's not about me. What yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, there's obviously super explicit references to like uh, like nine uh, eleven and and stuff like that. But again, initially, a lot of this, a lot of the, uh, a lot of this uh, Japanese art. Uh, that was sort of anti-imperialist uh, wasn't specifically American. It was it was anti broadly uh, imperialism because this huge like resurgence of of the Japanese like imperialist party was coming back and uh, yeah pretty wild yeah yeah it's really uh, really fascinating shit. There's there's uh, like I think there's a Wall Street Journal article on it. There's a bunch of video essays. Uh, Kaiser Beams got some good stuff and uh, and Michael Saba. Uh, if you're you ever uh, Michael Saba's Kill a Kill video, I believe in particular goes into uh, Japanese fascism. If you're really, I if you look at that one when I get a chance. Yeah, uh, Saba's cool, and uh, uh, yeah. Uh, tell Muff to a- ask him to do the voice. I thought we were gonna we were only accepting donations for the voice. Uh, oh, Dome- I didn't know if we actually like established. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Demir uh, redeemed a uh, thousand RDP, uh, as did uh, Saturday. Redeemed a thousand RDP to remind everyone Jack Gang ain't none to fuck with. Uh, we also love Godzilla in our defense. Some Metal Gear is directly about our stuff. It's true. It's true. But again, Kojima is very like is uh like broadly like anti-war, anti-imperialism. Uh, and 
all of MGS was essentially his critique of like military, the military and industrial complex and so on and so forth. And he is not an idiot. He knows his audience. <laughs> He's, they're going to study uh, Kojima in uh, video game school in another decade the way you, you study Hitchcock. You know, like, it just, the, the, this, this dude is a, just a, one of our uh, sort of greats of game, of game design and development. Uh, but Silent Hills was too good for this world, so we'll never get it. How unfortunate, yeah. <laughs> I just, just wanted Guillermo del Toro's art direction and Kojima's craziness to make a Silent Hill game. Was that too much to ask? Oh man, that could have been so good. Or it would have been oh. the worst thing ever because it would have been one big troll from Kojima in the end. <laughs> and you would have ended up with like some weird fucking egg cooking simulator, but even then, that would have been awesome too. Because <laughs> it's fucking Kojima. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm supposed so so uh so some of y'all in chat gang, you understand what the voice is here that that's that uh, Saturni is talking about. Do they? Do they? Do they not? What's? That's did... a good question, actually. I don't know how, how many folks have been lurking the Discord, but uh... read Gideon the Ninth already, Meth. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's uh, there's a video that keeps popping up in my uh, in my YouTube uh, suggested videos. It's like, why is Metal Gear uh, like Revengeance getting like having a surge in popularity again? Uh, yeah, there's actually been a couple of recent ones on that topic. One by Jacob Geller and one by the Cavernacle. I think that I think the the Geller one's the one that's got to be showing up in my. Well, I, I've li I've listened to both, so it's probably both of their videos, and and I'm just like blurring them into one. <laughs> that no. goes sometimes. It happens. Uh, I do not. Okay, what's the voice? All right, now now, now you got Chat Gang asking about it. What's the voice? <laughs> Mission accomplished. Is that the snake? No. No. But I can do. The, the, I don't know if I can actually do Snake's voice. I used to be able to do Hater's voice a little bit. I don't know if I still can. Uh, Metal Gear. Yeah. Lolly, lolly, low. Like, you just, like, repeat every... Like, he's always confused whenever someone says something to him. And you just, like... He, audience surrogate. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, crab, crab battle. Yeah, we have those claws are huge. Think you punch a tank? Like, <laughs> I I can kind of do snake. I can't do anybody else uh, from that series. Yeah, I can do a pretty okay Raiden voice. All right, all right. You gotta hit me with a Raiden voice, Jack. One. <laughs> <clears throat> Hang on, let me warm up. <laughs> so you come for Sylvaneth, stay for the voices. I told you before, my sword was a tool for justice, never to be used in revenge or for anger. Now, I'm not so sure. And besides, this isn't my sword. <laughs> Brilliant. It was fantastic. Um, Probably my favorite line, not gonna lie. <laughs> that one's pretty good. 
Yeah. That and um. God, what's what's the one about <laughs> typical politician? All words, no. Uh. See, I've I've heard the parody one so much, I can't remember the actual one. It's like something about like no, was it no principles? No. Just just like all the rest, something I don't know. Uh, typical netlister, all meta, no soft scores. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Uh, is uh, uh, so Metal Gear. Four had come out, and uh, Halo might still have the VODs. This is, like, super early. I don't think he's, like, fully Halo yet with these VODs. But, like, I was, like, I'd spent, like, my college career trying to get him to play Metal Gear. Um, And uh, I think he had played two, specifically, but never the first one. And, like, so I tried to get him to play, like, Metal Gear Solid, like, and uh, he hadn't played three, but, like, he, he had played, like, uh, what was it, Subsistence or whatever, the PS2 re-release that had, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater in it uh, for the Big Shell. Like, he had, I, yeah, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, Subsistence is the, <laughs> is the re-release uh, for PS2. That it has a Tony Hawk mini game. Yes, it had a Tony Hawk Pro Skater mini game oh where you skate across the big shell and like you do sick tricks and you can pick either Raiden or or Snake and yeah, yeah. Um, and so whatever, try trying to get him to 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 play like the others and whatever, and then basically so so that like he could enjoy Metal Gear Solid Four with me when it came out because at the time I believe we were still roommates. And Metal Gear Solid Four comes out and like just sitting there playing it and. Uh, He's basically, like, half making fun of it the whole time, half, like, just... It's like a full mystery science theater experience where you're kind of sitting there on the couch just, like, enjoying it, but also enjoying making fun of it, right? And, uh, and like, I get to the part where, uh... You get to the part where Raiden stops the submarine, and we have two completely different reactions. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet! And he's like, that's so dumb! <laughs> <laughs> and then he he was and then we got like I get through the end and uh he loved the part where fucking snake is crawling through the microwave and then like and then it shifts to his willpower meter uh and like that's like sweet and I think that was the moment he was sold on going and playing all of them uh but the best part was uh was when you're doing the fist fight on the top of the uh, on the top of the the ships and stuff. And uh, he's just sitting there like, I get to actually watch these cutscenes, you don't. And I'm like, I have to concentrate so hard on fighting, I don't get to see the cutscenes that are going on the whole time, because Kojima's <laughs> a dick. <laughs> and he's like, they're actually like really well like shot, they're like really well filmed and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm fist fighting old man. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, those are, uh, fucking Metal Gear games are great. It's, yeah, I uh, I fell off the bandwagon with... The, the last one though so yeah uh, Kiefer don't get me wrong Kiefer Sutherland was fine but it was uh yeah Telmeth did that Sylvanath Wu oh yeah hey Sylvanath that was our topic I feel like we kind of we kind of left yeah, that one behind buried the lead ago. on that one pretty hard went down this rabbit hole on, on Metal Gear Solid um, well think about the guest you have on it's true ah 
Uh, we don't, you don't call the bunny queen on without expecting a couple of rabbit holes. Beat um, you to the joke. Yeah, no, you got me. Got him. <laughs> um, talking about Romgate Worlds. I did that. Um, so yeah, I, I guess uh, I said don't have uh, you know have hope, don't have expectations. Um, if you could conjure something into existence for Sylvaneth, uh, what would it be? Well, I guess I would just repeat my my um, my hot take from Giga the other day, where I was like, this this Sylvaneth, Sylvaneth, this Sylvaneth <laughs> book could be um, they could copy paste their allegiance abilities, their sub-allegiance abilities, all their artifacts and command traits as they are right now, mm-hmm. but not have the sub-allegiances lock you into your artifact and command trait. And it would be a better book. Yeah. I See, I... Part of me is like, it feels like it, it, it they, they can't fuck up two in a row, right? They just, they can't get it wrong twice. <laughs> and, and then, and then there's that part of me that goes, oh, if one of them's going to do it. No, in an alternate reality, uh, I don't play death, I play Sylvaneth, and I am Sylvameth. That's right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sylvameth, yeah. the Arch Revenant. <laughs> The most, the most are the most are the most arch revenant uh, man in Age of Sigmar. Um, yeah, Penny's on the on the number. Like, there's a lot of artifacts that are not glade locked that are fucking incredible, mm-hmm. super good. Well, uh, Tyler uh, Emerson from uh, Warhammer Weekly, uh, the forever host of Warhammer Weekly, um, f- was just utterly convinced all of like last edition after that like the bad Sylvaneth book, that there was something good in there. And, I mean, eventually I think folks kind of, like, landed on, like, uh, some Karnathi spam style uh, style build, uh, which is where we talk about that pendulum. Uh-huh. Uh, like, Karnathi might not be the thing coming out of this new book. Which right. I'm kind of okay with. If I'm being perfectly honest, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, 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 I think it's been uh, long enough of it being the Karnath show. Right. I, I mean, and and I think that that's, you know, like if your dryads get relevant again, or these new units that they really want to move those boxes, right? Like if those yeah. little, like, uh, the little dragonfly riders are just like bonkers, right? Um, who knows if the archers would be great or not? I know people are saying the sky is falling already on their rules. I don't, I don't, I don't give a crap. It's a, it's a shooting unit. Um, the, the shooting phase does not confront me. Uh, I'm I'm kind of with Penny. Um, mm. If Kernoth are going down to three up, save like they don't need to be battle line. Mm-hmm. It's that's fine. They don't need to be unlockable. No, no. Line. I... Yeah, yeah. Finish your point. I'm sorry. No, I was just that. That was it. I I agree with Penny. I don't think they need to be unlockable battle line. Mm-hmm. Well, and if that allows you to like juice them up a little bit, that would be fine too, right? Mm. Like, yeah. Um, no, Penny. Uh. Chat gang is the show within the show. Why do you think you have a pane on the screen for your chat as large as my camera? Um, like, it's fine. This is this is why we do the live format. We can go deeper. We can create another show within the show within the show. Yeah, that's the Discord. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Sylvaneth are like they're a small puzzle for me, and I feel like I need to know. Yeah. Oh. 
showception. Saturni in chat gang, but also on the show. Like, is this like crossing, crossing the, stream? the streams? Yeah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh my god, we need to stop talking to each other. <laughs> I keep making the same jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the great enhancing for Sylvaneth. I, uh, I have hope. I guess is what I'm. I'll say. Um, like, I, I have hope that they'll be good, but I don't have expectations because uh, that's that is the way I live my life. Um, I get to enjoy things more because of that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Speaking of enjoying things. Yeah, so you had a, a pretty uh, spicy take on the internet the other day. Oh, did I tee you up there? Yeah, wow. you did. Yeah, what look a at that. Accident. Yeah, look at that. Uh, look at that, like, <laughs> accidental uh, uh, segue there. Um, you basically, um, I don't know. It's the internet. And I think folks need to uh, grain of salt anything they see on Twitter, social media, with, with, or whatever. Um, I love Twitter, by the way. It is, it is the exact, like, dopamine box my ADHD needs. You know, like the doom scrolling, the, the lull scrolling where I'm just, like, laughing at people with a bag of popcorn because they're so ridiculous. You know, like... Uh, seeing people completely lose their minds over, like, the minorest stuff and, and make asses of themselves and just, like, snarking on them. And, like, I, uh, enjoying the car wreck of some of these dramas, provided it doesn't get personal. Like, I, I had to tap out uh, with Adepticon, but but in in general, like, I, I go over to my Twitter feed right now. Hmm, what do we got going on here? Uh, uh, someone uh, throwing out hot takes that uh, Brennan LM is greater than Matt Mercer. All right, based. Uh, someone excited for uh, Sandman. Cool. Uh, someone talking about uh, RPG they're really interested in. Someone showing off their Nurgle. Somebody showing a cat pick. Based. Like, here's some cool Ungore. Uh, like, it just... My feed is great. Love my feed. Um, so, uh... So, I, I, I wanted to caveat this before we get in, in, into it too deep. Uh, on one hand, we are who we pretend to be, and we contain multitudes. Like, you are the person you act like on Twitter, even if that isn't exactly who you are. You are the person you... I am the person I am on my show uh, when I'm doing rant cast, but I'm also uh, the person I am around my kids. You know, well. like, who's a different? My kids don't get to watch my podcast, right? Like I am all of these versions of myself. Um, now, I think of those versions. Twitter tends to be uh, somewhat of a less of a one-to-one conversion rate on who you are, but still. It's a platform where words and actions blur, right? You know, uh, we, we have this understanding that, like, uh, you know, if you're going to measure someone, measure them by their deed, not by their word, right? Like, there's a, just a notion of this. And I think you measure people by all of the above, by the way. Um, their word and their deed. Um, and the thing with Twitter is the words become the deed, so it's 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 very important to I need to caveat that I want some nuance in here. I want to bring people into the nuance zone, right? Uh, that Twitter is more of a simulacrum than a simulation. 
Okay, like it's it's important to note that that you're not always getting the best versions of people on Twitter. Uh, the platform is designed to uh, uh, weight negativity for engagement above all other things. Um, so when you're seeing hot takes and outrage mer mercantile goods being peddled, like it's important um, to to keep that in mind. That being said, there's an awful lot of people on Twitter who make it their entire goal in life to just shit on things people love. It's their whole thing they live for. I don't know how I feel about that. How do you feel about that, Saturni? Well, it's boring. <laughs> was this one of those, like, I was super verbose and loquacious, and you're like, the best way to be humorous with this is to go, like, as curt as possible. <laughs> I was going to say also, by the way, like, even particles behave differently depending on whether or not they're observed. True story. <laughs> But um, the funny thing is, like, the thing that prompted that little um, mini rant was not actually, like, anything I saw on Twitter. I didn't even realize until, like, I saw, I think, Dana posting about it, that it was even a thing happening on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Well, I... It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was but... a thing in another Discord server I'm in where, I hate to say it, but, like, it's kind of a cyclical thing at this point where, like, eventually we just kind of have this same conversation about, like, D&D &D being the worst system because it doesn't handle this mechanic well or it doesn't handle this thing that it's not even really trying to do. Mm -hmm. And, like, the thing is, I agree to an extent. Like, you know, there there are a lot of reasons to criticize D&D. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is also true of Warhammer. There are a lot of reasons to criticize Warhammer. And, you know, I lament that, that, that uh, you know, people will not try all these other smaller, more independent systems that probably are more interesting in a number of different ways. Is like, that turn tip uh, 28? <laughs> is that where turn. this... No, I'm not going to just, like, shout out turn up 28. But while we're on the subject, turn up 28 is pretty interesting. And you should check it out. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Continue. Other games. So yeah, go on. Other systems. But, 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 um, my thing is, like, some of the people in this Discord server, and I'm not going to name names because I'm, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, and that's no. not the point. Blah, blah, blah. No, no. Who, the who of it isn't, like, that's not the focal point. I, I tried to make this clear. I tried to make this clarification uh, back when I did the pipe bomb video. Like, like the specific individuals aren't important because on any given Sunday, who the individuals are can shift. It is this type of discourse really? that I was trying to target personally. So I, th yeah. I think you're trying yeah, to make yeah. a similar point here. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like, it just seems like some people are not actually interested in, you know, having that conversation. They are just shitting on the thing. Mm -hmm. And the part of it that really riled me up, because I didn't really care that much, because, like, ah, we've had this conver we have this conversation every week here. Fine. Okay. Cool. I had a laugh about it originally. Mm -hmm. But then, later on that day, I was talking about those Sylvaneth leaks, actually. And I was like, hmm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about the, the Lady of Vines yet. And some motherfucker 
It was just like, yeah, well, actually good playable rules from James are a foregone conclusion anyway, so... I'm just like, ugh. We get it. You're so cool. You don't like the popular thing. Like, that irritated me so much. Like, you just, you're interrupting me trying to have an actual conversation with someone else to just shit on the thing that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, it's such a middle school mentality at this point. I Like, I... I... I think our buddy Bits Hammer uh, probably has like a whole collection, a whole folder of exactly the kind of people we're talking about. Well, it's it's a one. It's <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a it's a bit of a react, isn't it? You're reacting to somebody else and injecting your cynicism. It's it's kind of a quite frankly, it's a rather reactionary way of of conducting yourself, wouldn't you think or say? I don't want to put words in your mouth. I would say that. I would say it's a rather reactionary way of conducting yourself. Um, like, I, I don't... The, at one point early on in the internet uh, uh, days, and I know because I was there uh, in my day, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, I was I was an angry white boy on the internet, too. Like, I, I, I was a, a angry... True, I'm trying to change that. I... <laughs> I will. Uh, more I will. Than one. No, I'll help you out when you when you need to uh, uh, fundraise. Um, like, <laughs> I will abuse my platform so you can live your best life. Um, okay. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. It's it's just like you know. I grew up in, when I was still doing games journalism. I mean, you're looking at like you know ang- at the time, angry Nintendo nerd and uh, fucking nostalgia critic and and uh, you know the uh, early internet skeptic community like. Uh, it was essentially, yeah, I know, I know, but, but, but that was the, that was the land. It was, it was a bunch of, of people getting mad at media. That was the yeah. landscape mm-hmm. of like what. And zero punctuation. Yeah. Zero, yeah. Ben Yahtzee, Croshaw, right? Like the, the one thing I will say for, for Croshaw that over all those other fuckers is he at least designed some games. Um, yes. Like, so. You have this like landscape where where the criticism of the sort of new media or burgeoning new uh, media is just being negative about something, right? Like it's not like I went for English lit, okay? Like it, Me too. it English lit has a it, it, we called it analyzing texts, but it is a uh, it is a, a focus on on critical analysis, right? Uh, this is where you learn your uh, structuralism versus uh, post-structuralism versus uh, death of the author versus intentionalism, so on and so forth, right? Like, that's all part of the purview of of uh, of an English lit degree. Not just reading, you know, books, but analyzing them, understanding them. And when you have this class called Analyzing Texts, as I did, what is a text? Everything is a text. Uh, a film is a text, a book is a text, a song is subtext a text. You subtext is it well. And now we're talking a different type of text, but but yeah, a te- text is text. Yeah, a text is a text. <laughs> right? Like everything's a text. Um and so you learn to analyze text and this is where we sort of distill media analysis from. Um and even as somebody with a background in that who wanted to be a journalist who made the mistake of blending his interest in video games with uh not knowing what to do with a fucking English lit education uh, it was either, you know, be unemployed or actually ended up working in a cubicle doing some IT shit. 
Um, and then I worked for Barnes and Noble, uh, as a, as a floor manager, uh, because that's what you do. <laughs> that's what one does. You, you major in English lit, you work retail. Um, they love you, honestly. <laughs> um, and what ends up happening though, but even me, even me, I fell into that trap of like, well, this is what gets the clicks. I, nobody's reading my fucking articles unless I say something incendiary for my title, you know, the the headline that sticks out to me is like one of my most like in like shitlord like obvious clickbait ones is the the best movie sequel is a video game you haven't played. <laughs> is one of my Kotaku articles. Isn't that like so like early early like two thousands like internet critic, right? Like isn't that so shitty? Anyway, like but I like I go back to that era. Cast your minds back, and it was just. Like, colorful language shitting on a thing. And I think that shit's funny. See Mass Effect 3 rant. To this day, it's still funny to me. But it can't be the only way you talk, right? Like, it can't be the default, right? And it feels like it became the default setting. And it was a long time coming, and it's been this way for a long while. But uh, the tenacity of something does not equate to the worthiness of that something. Uh... I can point to all kinds of shit that's still around that's bad and stupid. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to take any specific shots right now at anything. Uh, I don't want to undermine my own point. Like, this idea that cynicism, contrarianism, is critique, is fucking bullshit. And people need to stop. Like, they just need to, like, it's there's a time and space and there's a great place for that. Where that place yeah. isn't is when somebody's just like, yo, I love this. I think this is awesome. I'm going to go have fun with this. Where that type of internet, like, you know, contrarianism and cynicism pass off as critique, the exact opposite of where that shit belongs is somebody just being excited for the thing. Let them. You want to speak truth to power, you want all the clout that you think comes with pretending you're a fucking journalist, even though you couldn't name two of the journalist credos? Like, fine. Have at it. But go do it on your fucking shitty YouTube channel. Let people enjoy stuff. And if you don't have a shitty YouTube channel, it's really easy to make one. Uh, you can like and subscribe to this shitty YouTube channel right now by clicking the button right down over there. It's uh, It's free. To subscribe to YouTube. If you want to give me money, uh, there's a subscribe button on Twitch, and I guess I have a Patreon or whatever. Uh, but don't give me money. Uh, go give it to Haywo instead. He's a full-time content creator. I will just spend your money on uh, uh, impulse buying every Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic out of nowhere suddenly during a bout of hypomania. <laughs> Wait, what? There are journalist credos? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a journalist, you, like, your your second journalist class is learning the credo. By the way, which I, because of, uh, uh, because of one of my favorite uh, content creators, one of my favorite video essayists, uh, Neil, uh, liberal cook, just did, an, uh, just did a, a, a video on journalism, and I learned some shit I didn't know about, like, uh, UK journalism, basically, because I've always only seen stuff from, like, the, uh, the American uh, journalist perspective. I had just a way eye opener for me. I'm like, I like, I thought I knew this shit. I'm like, oh, I know this specific American uh, uh, lens of journalism. Uh, long story short, uh, America does journalism better, uh, but print journalism specifically, 
and print is dying. Uh, so we don't technically do it better anymore because print is dying. Uh, and uh, we're not okay with taking state money directly for our journalism, but Britain is a-okay with that shit. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I kind of hijacked your, uh, your, your cloud there. <laughs> <laughs> that is more than okay. Hmm. No, who we were talking about wasn't important. The the who yeah, really is important. It was more about what we were talking about. It's this just like Yeah, I think we can reset. You can reset this. I mean I I pretty much said what I had to say. It's just like, you know like I like on some level, like it's true. There are reasons to criticize Warhammer. There are reasons to criticize D D. And there are reasons to lament about how like in the tabletop gaming space, there is like maybe five games that are worth investing in because those are the ones people are already playing. And if you want to play a game, you have to play the games people are already playing. Mm-hmm. It's true. I think it's fair to lament that. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, you, you don't have to be um, a self-aggrandizing, hipster, navel-gazing little snot about it. I thought I was being fiery. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You don't have to interrupt me when I'm talking about the new thing coming to the tabletop game I play. Right. To just like not really add anything to the conversation other than a snide comment about how rules in that game are all bad. Mm-hmm. We get it. You're so cool and hot. We're all lining up to make out with you because your hipster cred is so impressive. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. It's no wonder in this exact same conversation that ignited this rage right now mm-hmm. that nobody engaged with that person mm-hmm. after they said that. And they went right back to arguing with each other over which is the cutest gender bend primark. I mean that's it's the ma- better that's the better conversation to be having. It's anyway. Magnus, by the way. Is Magnus it does I, It's it, Magnus. But can't Magnus be like omnisexual? Like Freddie Mercury doesn't like it. Like you don't gender bending Freddie Mercury does nothing for for his sexiness, right? Like it's just Freddie True. Mercury. Mercury is always sexy, no matter True. what. Same thing with David Bowie uh, and Prince. Like like these these three individuals are always sexy, regardless. Uh, <laughs> like I feel like Magnus is in the omnisexual category of just like always hot. Maybe not. I, I don't know. Thinking, I think you might be thinking of Fulgrim. Oh, I'm thinking Fulgrim. To... You're right. Yeah, Fulgrim's the. Sn- Do you know what's funny? Snack the one. The first time I made that joke, I accidentally did say Fulgrim. Mm. Yeah. I had to go back and correct it to be. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, I literally don't. I don't know 40k. I try so hard to like maintain 40k conversations because I know it's far more the dominant product and IP and like other people know 40k. That, like, are, like, listening. So I try to, like, reference this stuff in a manner that, like, uh, we're, like, I'm, like, okay, well, I don't understand this, but you'll understand this, maybe, type thing. And, like, I just, I fail even at that. (laughs) Here, I know just enough to do the following. Watch. Mm -hmm. There we go. Deliberate silence. (laughs) Oh, Magnus did nothing wrong. Right on. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I, anyways, jokes aside, I know just enough to like carry on a couple of decent conversations. But as soon as like you start like actually listing off all the primarchs that aren't Magnus Fulcrum and Robute, mm-hmm. I I check out. I'm sorry, I don't know Horus Heresy stuff. 
yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like uh, my my knowledge of of forty k is very locked in a specific time period, and uh, and then the rest of it is pure cultural osmosis, you know, like just pure cultural osmosis. And so it I I don't. Uh, Vampire Primarch Sanguinius is pretty based. Um, I like Sanguinius because he did the uh, he did a WWE wrestling move to Kabanda, and uh, broke <laughs> him over his knee oh, like so. And uh, that's sweet. Um, and uh, I do like Blood Angels because they're space vampires. Uh, and so that's sweet. Um, and then someone's like, yeah, but what about all this lore? Um, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell it to you this way. Like when I started um, painting models again, mm -hmm. I thought like, you know, if, if, uh, if Warhammer that I played isn't around, maybe I'll play 40K. And I sat on that fence for so long that now when I type GA into the search bar, it automatically opens up the uh, the Games Workshop web store page for the Tau Empire. <laughs> See, <laughs> it's funny. See, I, I um, I I don't really have any desire to play 40k. I do want to paint a couple models. Like I want to paint Mephiston eventually, just because it's like it's my namesake oh, yeah like, that'd be kind of cool right like um so like i gotta paint mephiston eventually and if like a whole necrons army showed up on my doorstep well okay i have a whole necrons army to give away during the rantathon if a second entire uh non-rantathon related necrons army showed up on my doorstep i still probably wouldn't play 40k i would paint them though eventually uh right after i get done painting uh my Castlevania army, the rest of my Ossiarch Bone Reapers range, um, all of my piece of chaos. <laughs> once I, once I, uh, I get... and 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 my spooky ghosts, and uh, and uh, if Flesh Eater Courts ever get a model range refreshed, those models that I'll have to buy, um, and wave to <laughs> OBR, and uh, and my two other Blood Bowl teams, because uh, I'm never gonna paint the human one. Like that's just. I'll have it assembled so someone can play with, like, a blue plastic human army if they want, or a team if they want when they're learning Blood Bowl, but I'm never, I'm never gonna, yeah, it's just not gonna, yeah, it, but then after I do all of that, I'll paint Necrons. <laughs> I know my limitations, alright? Um, no, like, there's cool shit in 40k, but I, it's like, it's just, I don't know, I, I've never been a person who has enough time for multiple uh, miniature war games. Like, I've got... I, I just can't keep on top of multiple at the same time. I can barely do a skirmish game and a war game, right? Um, it's just... That's a me thing, though. And and that's why I don't feel the need to, like, kick in the door where people are talking about 40k and be like, yo, 40k sucks! You know, like, that... People understand the difference there, right? Like, people get that, like, when you're going elsewhere to spread your negativity about the thing. Like... It, it's fine to, like, voice your opinions and your feelings. That is fine. You're, you make a Twitter post, you're like, I'm, I don't like this, I'm not happy about this, fuck Games Workshop. Sweet, that's your Twitter post. I make a Twitter post how I like something, and then you come over to my Twitter post to tell me, like, I'm an idiot because I like the popular like thing, thing. And, like, and I should go look at this other thing. Uh, like, go fuck yourself. Well, yeah. uh, Twitter's a town square. No, Twitter is an advertising platform where I talk to people who follow me for, like, the fucking 
weird <laughs> shit I do on Twitter. <laughs> and for me to like scroll at people like you fighting with other people. Um, because you're so obsessed with having your own opinion and the world hearing it. Uh, that, quite frankly, it's admirable when I have a show called Rantcast and you're more committed to your opinion than I am. Um, quaint. <laughs> Mephiston Catacro... No, I would never sully Catacros in such a way. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. You don't... You don't go slap arms back on the Venus de Milo. Well, it originally had arms. Uh, you don't go and... I don't know, finish painting the Mona Lisa. Like you just, you leave it alone. You, you fucking leave Catacross alone. Maybe Catacross with the Void Dragon. Because they both have admirable cod pieces. But, beyond that. <laughs> Listen, Twitter, I'm an idiot for a lot of reasons, but liking the shit I do isn't one of them. True. Like, 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 life's way too fucking short. You find something you're passionate about and that you love, lean in. You know, like, it's it's okay to tap out from, like, all the things that are exhausting your mental bandwidth, you know, and just trying to enjoy something. It's fine. Like, uh, I really despise Disney. But, like, I'd be a real dick if I just sat here, sh if I went around every Discord I'm in Every time someone brings up a Disney movie they like, and I just start shitting on it, you know, like it's 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 different. I, I'm just I'm just trying to point out, and and as an aside to that, um, like we need to rethink what we believe criticism to be on the internet. Yeah, I what I saw happen with the Sylvaneth Archer when it was released, which is where this all comes together. All these rants minus Metal Gear come together. Um, no, no. No, if if you say it like Raiden, it comes together. No, wait, um, what do I have to say? Like <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, the but with the, when the Sylvaneth archers got leaked, and like there is criticism that occurred of that rule. Like, hey, we don't like this rule for this reason. Uh, we think something like this would be better. But then there are also takes like this is ruining the game. It is an abomination. The Sylvaneth was better when they were dog shit. I would rather they be dog shit than this exists. Do you, do, can people understand how that's not criticism? You're talking about their ability to bounce out of getting charged. Yes. To me, that actually seemed like what the flying foxes should have been, if anything. Yeah. It's a more reasonable version of that. Right, and there's risk, and it doesn't work every time. Like, yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, also, if you flank them, they can't reverse away. They because they can't move through uh, the three foot uh, the three inch spaces of something else. Like it's it's fine. You just have to also counter. The fact that don't they? What's their save again? Their their ten wounds on a yeah. I like a... I I don't care about the foxes to begin with because they're just like uh, they're just cannonball. They're just they're just catapult fodder and or uh, uh, and or uh, getting spelled to death. Like I don't like I'm just gonna chain gun them with spells. Like I don't I don't give a shit. Um, talking about the the new archer guys. Yeah, I know you're talking about the archer guys. Like, okay. I, like I I just I'm. Just this is where Halo and I like are are at our most similar with some of our Halo, uh, with our some of our our Warhammer takes. Like, I'm just wired a little bit differently when it comes to this uh, this game. Like, I just I have more of a curiosity to see stuff, and 
you're not going to hurt my feelings when a rule is is uh, like bent or weird or goes out of bounds. Uh, you're actually going to get the Thor seeing the Hulk moment from me. I'm just going to go, yes! Like, I get excited when I see weird shit, and I want to see how it works and plays on the table. I love weird rules. Yeah, even if it's even if it's OP, even if it's busted, because nothing stays OP or busted. Uh, people scream too much on the internet for that to ever stay. <laughs> like, the next rule is already in the chamber, uh, coming down the pipeline before this rule's even, you know, like, in full circulation yet uh it's it's i don't know i guess what i'm saying is react less <laughs> no i think i will simply react harder yeah Ooh, based <laughs> yeah yeah there you go um Mephisto, double down yeah no i i like it well see, it, if you go so hard in the paint i gotta respect it at some point i mean that's <laughs> that's the that that is an asterisk you know, if you make your entire identity being contrarian dipshit, so much so that any position somebody takes, you must default to to being the opposite. Honestly, I'll respect your game. Like, I'll just, like, respect. Like, you, you have no actual beliefs of your own. You only hate things people love. Awesome. Honestly, like, I, I don't know how you landed on this configuration as a human, and I, the amount of pity I have for you and your entire existence, that you have no joy of your own, uh, it just makes this funny to me. And, like, I respect you, because, like, I don't know how you exist. It, it's it's kind of commendable. It's all being too angry to die, baby. Yeah. <laughs> too angry to die. Yeah. <laughs> too huge to lose. Uh, Mephiston converted <laughs> to an OBR lord. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, not Catacros. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, Mephiston as like a you know uh, a uh, you know Liege Cavalos or something could be pretty dope. Yeah, the dedication. Yeah, like you just if you go that hard in the paint to hating things, you know that's where like I still I do think it's funny when people like tee off on like a on like a senseless rant about something. I still like see the ha the happy go. I know it's it's a bad example. But the Happy Gilmore scene where he just starts swearing at the ball, just like incessantly, that's still a type of humor I love. Like that that juvenile mad at thing humor. I get why the internet uh, outrage merchant stuff sells. Like I get it. It's still funny to me. It's just it's got its time and place. Is really all I'm saying. So. Um, yeah. A, r a rant to surpass Metal Gear? Huh? Metal Gear? <laughs> Lolly Lule Lo. Fucking. Les enfants terribles. Fucking revolver ocelot. Big uh, shots. More than enough to kill anything that moves. No, there's, wait, it was 12 shots because he had two. Yeah, uh, yep. Um, there's a big pile of Simmer the Hell Down sitting right there. Everyone is welcome to take as much as they want. The memes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think we kind of hammered on all of that. I, I, the last thing I, I want I kind of led with it. I want to I want to finish with it, uh, which is uh, uh, you write good fiction and folks should read the good fiction. <laughs> <laughs> okay um so i uh, just had to reset that real quick uh 
Any you. anything we've talked past, talked over, anything you didn't get uh, get to talk about long enough that you'd like to kind of revisit here real quick before we sort of head into the final soapbox? Yeah. I really can't think of anything off the top of my head. Right on. Uh, this is uh, Saturday Rose. Here is a. Uh, if you're on our discords, uh, you you uh, uh, you know her. Here's this uh, one of the uh, one of uh, Saturday's stories. Um, otherwise, I think we got some shit panned around in some of the some of the discords. Um, I am it, also actually working on a sequel to that. Excellent, excellent. Um, I'm only three chapters in so far. Yeah. But the planning doc has twice as many named characters. Why do I do this to myself? Have you glanced down at the uh, Milwaukee by Night Discord, perchance? Like, and just, like, clicked on the locations or the NPCs section? And just saw how much crap I've written? There is a lot, yes. And... That's not even all of it. That's just <laughs> what I got out, like transcribed from uh, from my like notebook, like before the game went live. And now since the games went live, I've been in like triage mode, like uh, just getting the next adventure going. And so like every now and then I add one new NPC. I'm like, oh crap, I finally have to use this NPC. And then like I'll add them in quick um, or like a new location and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, yeah, I, uh, I think as a writer, I think we have a similar style where I like, I over, I over back, like I back write like a ton. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then when it's time to write, like, I don't necessarily use all that shit. It's just like, cause then it goes into like a sort of flying by the seat of my pants, like, uh, sort of like, uh, going with the flow style writing, but it allows me to like more naturally, when I pull out one of my NPCs or when I pull from, like, I understand how that character would operate. I know where they are. And it lets me like, just kind of naturally like have them live in the scene and in the world that I've already prepared and made um, is kind of my method. But I, I do write a lot of backs background stuff. And it looks like you actually a little bit more uh, deft hand in the finished product than I, I ever get to personally. So, so kudos. Um, so. I do have, um, just a habit of, for some reason, ending up doing this. I do, like, every, like, year and a half, I find myself just sitting down and writing out a setting doc, or, like, at least starting one. I don't finish them all, mm -hmm. but, like, I've got one here for, like, my two main ones here are one's, like, 80 pages long, and the other's, like, 93. Hmm. I just, I just tend to just do this for fun. Hmm. I like uh, I like making up worlds. Is like yes, the only, yeah, like I, I like making up worlds even if I don't ever tell a story about it. Like I like thinking about them and and having them. Yeah. Yeah, this is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh, so the, the, uh, the final soapbox, I have accidentally, uh, talked over you. I have accidentally ranted over you. This is your opportunity, uh, to abuse your my show. platform. Uh, this is your, I am giving you my digital soapbox. It is yours now. Uh, you can, uh, 
do with it what you will to get back at me and uh, and and uh, sort of end uh, on your terms and strongly. It can be any anything you wish to rant about. Uh, you know, nothing that gets me banned from Twitch uh, or YouTube, uh, obviously. Uh, but it, it can be something lighthearted. It can be uh, you know something you want to uh, you know shout out. Whatever it is, this is this is your your soapbox now. Uh, last week, the guest talked about gardening. <laughs> uh, previous weeks, we've had like rants about how cats are better than dogs, like shit like that. So, uh, uh. <laughs> I didn't really like think about this that hard. I warned you. I warned you it was going to happen. You did warn me. Yeah. And I didn't care. Based. <laughs> if it came to me, it was gonna come to me. Yeah. yeah so no. I'll just I'll just be boring and say trans rights. I mean Well I say boring. On the nose. On the direct, yeah. Like, oh how original. Oh, you have a character with pink and blue and white features. Who would have thought? <laughs> mm. Plug your stuff. Do you do merchandise? Yeah, plug your stuff. Like where where should where can people find you? On the internet, I don't. I don't have merchandise, but I mean, I have a. Uh, I have my Twitter account where I just <laughs> retweet art all day, and then occasionally like post some hot takes. Um, I stream on Twitch actually sometimes. There it's a. Uh... Oh crud! No. <laughs> Here we go. This is my handle. There. Yeah. Yeah, that's my Twitch handle. I stream sometimes. Right. And uh, same for twi uh, Twitter. <laughs> that's just text. <laughs> it's the same name. Um, yes. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and uh, and uh, Saturni's right, you know, uh, trans rights are human rights. Uh, what you may not know is it is currently the fastest uh, way to to pipeline to fascism is if you're anti-trans. Like, if you start clicking anti-trans content and anti-trans rhetoric, it is the fastest way to end up pure Nazi right now on the internet. There's a reason yeah, that... like, especially in places like TikTok. TikTok, where the user agency is removed even more. Yeah, so it's... Uh, if you don't think trans rights matter, uh, there's an entire, uh, very pernicious, radical element of fascism out there that wants you to think they don't so uh <sighs> is nothing new no no it's... time is a flat circle history repeats <laughs> i think they find ways to innovate on history though and remixes and stuff uh, it's fun exciting new technology yeah yeah oh boy man-made horror is beyond my comprehension so uh, it is, uh, I mean, it is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, so I'm going to actually sort of plug uh, the Trevor Project. Uh, I already gave my annual uh, donation to them uh, this month because I always, since I do Rantathon in July, you know, I, I do a lot of like my mental health donations then. Uh, so during Mental Health Month, I actually uh, donate personally to the Trevor Project. Uh, they're virtually the highest rated uh, uh, charity of their nature, uh, specifically for uh, trans kids. Um, if you're looking for a charitable cause uh, to uh, 
uh, donate to their chat gang uh, this time of year. Uh, I highly recommend them. Um, it's specifically dealing with the higher uh, uh, levels of suicidal ideation with trans, trans, trans youths. Um, they're quite good at it. Um, there's a couple other programs if you're in the UK. I, I don't know them off the top of the head, but that's that's one I've I've personally vetted and 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 uh, I think I hand I sent thirty bucks this year, uh, and then I spite sent twenty dollars to a uh, uh, abortion rights. <laughs> uh, so you know the charity spite. There we go. Uh, so yeah, if you're just if you're just looking at uh, some something, it's gonna be a powerful motivator. It is. It is. Yeah. So yeah, um, I I uh, I've enjoyed our conversation. All the rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. It's good to finally get to sort of uh, uh, talk to you in a uh, in real time, spite donations. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Do we have any like um, final statements that you want in the Raiden voice? Can you do trans rights or humans rights in the Raiden voice? Yeah, sure. Let me warm up the voice real quick. It's true. I, uh, yeah, that is, uh, it, when I, when most of like, if the Patreon and or subscriber money doesn't end up like by impulse buying me a bunch of comics and or like dice and whatever, or uh, nail polish. Uh, it it just ends up going to charity. <laughs> like it goes to it goes to mutual aid and that stuff. Comic doesn't know the voice. Uh, but to catch you up, I've I've been doing a uh, a Raiden impression basically. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to do off the cuff, partially because I'm just I'm really tired right now. I'm not gonna lie, man. I can sense you fading, which is why we moved into to close out. Um, I know you had a long day today, so. Long week. Oof. A long month? A long year? Ugh, yeah, I a know. A long life? I know, they just keep piling up, don't they? <laughs> I, I hope I hope you find some respite. I, I really do. Um, give yourself a break. Thank you for coming on tonight, rather last minute even. Um, and, By all uh, means. Uh, okay, and I think, I think I got it. All right, all right. All right. Brands rights are humans' rights. <laughs> Uh, Raiden would totally like. <laughs> Raiden would totally like chop up some, uh, you know, uh, fascist senators <laughs> and fight for trans youths. Parody non-actionable. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so thank you for coming on. Um, if anyone wants to for follow, me. yeah. Uh, Saturni uh, Rose Saturni underscore Rose uh, on Twitch Twitter. Um, and I mean, you could you also have a Tumblr, but don't worry about that. <laughs> and y'all can, uh, obviously join us in discord where you can enjoy, uh, far deeper rabbit holes of conversation, uh, like this. So yeah, wow. uh, started playing Vermintide too. Again, speaking of fascist senator senators, Vermintide too. Nice. Um, <laughs> What the fuck is goblin mode? <laughs> Fantastic. All right, chat gang. Uh, you know this part. You are the show within the show. The reason I do this thing. Uh, remember to drink your milk. Pay your taxes. Be excellent to yourselves. Be excellent to each others. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Be hard. Yeah, right on. And thank you so much for joining me tonight, Saturday, uh, Saturday night. Almost. Wow. Almost. <laughs> okay.
Good night, my friend.